What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, aka Shownuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 5, Episode 2, the E3 edition of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are the partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's up going on, homie? Uh, not much. Just uh, happy to be here and to talk about uh, this this medium that we love, video games. So, yeah, like, and we have a great show for you. Uh, so just stay tuned because we got a lot to go over. So I'll keep it short. We got a lot to go over. A lot of content. <laughs> And of course, this show wouldn't be a show without Trader Joe, the food max of gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, brother? Nothing, man. Just trying to absorb all this news and information like a sponge on here. So I've been enjoying time off work and focusing on this stuff. It's funny that I had time off work and I'm spending more time watching streams and doing other things than playing actual games. This is ridiculous. See, see, Walmart, you're like a... So you're like you're a YouTuber. You're an influencer. (laughs) Influencing my brain. Spend more time on on social media than playing games. (laughs) I know. I know. It's just, yeah, to me, I never want to be a social, because I don't want to be in no sizzle damn trailer. I know one of the trailers during the Square Enix, uh, where I think Life is Strange 2 had intersped like reactions from influencers, and I literally was wanting to throw crap at my screen because... (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot yeah. of stuff that we can. There's a lot of moments that we could throw crap at the screen. So let's just yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, some of these companies gonna get this work. Yep. But uh, all right, we're so folks. As we as I said before, this is our E3 edition. So we're going to forego uh, our some of our usual segments and jump right into the meat of the event. Uh, so Trader Joe, uh, you got the helm on this one. So why don't you kick us off, brother? All right, we'll kind of start off with some ancillary stuff before E3 because there's a couple of things that kind of bounced out on there. Uh, on June 6, Google Stadia had their little announcement on there. Uh, they did have a presser, and in short, basically, they're going to launch in November 14 different territories, including the U.S., U.K., and Canada. At least 31 games from 21 different publishers for an initial Founders Edition price of 130 bucks for a hardware starter kit with three months of premium service and 10 bucks a month afterwards on there. So if you do get the Founders Edition, you do get a um, controller along with a, a streaming, I think it's what I forgot what they called the Google streaming thing. How much is there. it again? $130. And it's a box you get? You get a uh, controller, a, you get Destiny 2, uh, Shadowkeep, and you get a Chromecast, a uh, the latest version of Chromecast on there. So and that's basically what you get on there. You get three months of Stadia Pro, and then from after that, it's going to be uh, $9.99 a month, uh, Founder's Badge, Buddy Pass, and your name registered on the Stadia uh, service on there so you could get your reserve of your username at least so along with the subscription you do get um destiny 2 shadowcast which you know which 
on the same day, Destiny and Bungie basically went ahead and announced that as well. So, and you do get certain amount of games per month with your subscription, but you do have to buy the games on the service individually on there. So, so basically, all in told, you are renting a uh, P- remote PC. You're remoting, renting a uh, Google server to play all your games on whatever screens that you want to play them on, per se. So, so this might be good for someone that doesn't necessarily want to get a gaming PC or even a console on there. Um, I think it's a good bridge for people that maybe out there that um, got hooked on Fortnite or on the PUBG on the phone and they want to play Fortnite on a device of some sort and they don't have a computer at home and they don't have a console at home. And so as long as they have decent enough internet and enough bandwidth to be able to play in the proper format on there, uh, this is something that they're kind of going for on that so i know we're just kind of talking about the generalities of everything i know you're able to um if you wanted to not to get this version there is going to be a standard free version of this that'll come out in the spring on there that's only going to run not in the 4ks but in the i believe either 720p or 1080p on there so and just depends on what games you want to get in as far as how you want to play. So on there and, you know, I, I was satisfied from what I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but you know, my house is full of consoles and PCs. I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need to play on my Chrome browser on the go. I'm sorry. I thought, uh, at least in my personal opinion, that destiny two might be fun to play on the go, especially because of the fact that now that they, they support uh, cross save, this was something that they announced there in the Shadow Keep conference on that, and so I thought, oh, it'll be, I'll buy a Chromebook and play Destiny 2 on my lunch break at work you don't want to get on that. my <laughs> Chrome browser. But mm, now nah, I kind of reserve my lunch for my lunch, and <laughs> kind of, well, I'm, I'm going to go to Starbucks and play Destiny 2 on my Chromebook. Uh, nah, Why you play your, you play your Game Boy? I could. I've done that before, so on that but you know uh i i appreciate what they're trying to do i know kevin i know you feel very strongly about what google is trying to do on there i know um, buying games in the cloud i don't get it <laughs> yeah I, I already buy games in the cloud with steam but you know they're actually downloadable games i could store on a hard drive somewhere you know so so they're not actually having any like physical place that i could keep my item i definitely see the detriment of this uh, i was hoping that uh, they had some sort of su- subscription model on there that way you just rent the games uh, be a monthly fee of some sort i know that um well isn't that what stadia pro is now stadia pro basically is like xbox live you're just renting the capability of running the service basically and you're getting a certain amount of games for free but like, say, if I want to play Doom Eternal, I'm not going to get that game for free. I'm going to have to purchase Doom Eternal on Google Stadia and be able to have to purchase it before I'm able to play it on the platform. So. Oh, so there's where the finesse is. That's where the finesse is, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you're not paying nine ninety nine a month to go all, you know, basically full buffet on whatever games are on the platform. I was thinking that nine ninety nine was where is the and that was the thing that I found so confusing. Where 
John Justice, ironically, that's the most ironic name considering what the hell Google's trying to do to people. Uh, he, when he was saying that, well, you can subscribe to Stadia Pro for $9.99, or if you don't want to subscribe and you just want to get games individually, you have the free version. Yeah. And I thought the free version was just, you know, a la carte, and the nine ninety nine gave you everything. But okay, nope. nope. So okay. Uh, yeah, there is a point that there is going to be a Ubisoft um, Play Plus thing that was announced during their E three presser. But basically, all their games are going to have Stadia support on that, and that unleashes like the whole back catalog of all the Ubisoft titles on PC. On there, but then you have to pay Ubisoft an additional fourteen ninety nine a month to access those <laughs> games on Stadia. So, man. Oh, man, and this this see, boy, this is the biggest pile of crap. I've I, it's even worse than I than I originally thought, and the whole concept behind this, uh, if it was just simply a streaming service. For ten dollars a month, and they gave you every every game from every publisher that was on board with this nonsense. It would make a little bit more sense, but the fact that you have to get this, or you know, you have to get the service, and then for Stadia Pro, you're not going to get every game that Stadia is going to support. You have to turn around and hand over your fifty nine ninety nine. For what exactly? For vapor? For smoke? You buy, you quote unquote buy the access to the game. You can't download it. You can't play offline because if you could do that, it would just be like any other console or PC, right? Pretty much. Yeah. This is the. Don't fall for this, folks. I mean, seriously. Google and Microsoft and Sony and what Amazon and freaking Walmart. Whatever big multi-million, multi-billion-dollar company is trying to, is trying to finesse you out of your money and give you nothing in return. It makes no sense to buy something that you don't own. And the fact that they that they sat there with a straight face, Mr. Justice there with a straight face, and said, "Well, you don't want to subscribe to the service. You can buy the games individually. No, you can't. You're not buying anything." You're just th- you might as well flush your money down the toilet. Basically, is... you're you're buying a license to play a game on a remote server that Google controls, basically, which they can pull, which your li- can they be can... revoked yeah, at any time. Yeah, they can yeah. pull your license at any time. Yeah, if you bullshit. decide not to pay bullshit, pardon my language, but this is bullshit. Nine ninety nine a month, then basically you can't play your games anymore. So you don't own the platform that's playing on. You only own the license to write to play on your browser, basically. So. Yeah, don't fall for the okie doke, y'all. I I could see where it would work for certain people, but um, it's not me. It's not you. Anyone listening to this podcast, you know. So it, it, it it's it it doesn't it doesn't work for anybody. That I mean that that's the thing. It, at least with XCloud, I'll, I'll give Microsoft this much. At least with XCloud, at least and we haven't gotten to that section yet. But at least as I understand it. Uh, you will have the option to download your content, download your games to some sort of device, be it your console with a 
uh, attached to an external uh, external drive, unless yeah. I'm mistaken on that on that standpoint. But it, at least there, at least Apple lets you download your content with their with their iOS arcade that they're coming out with. At least they're giving you, if not if not content ownership, a better illusion of ownership in the digital in the in the digital space. This is just is is, is snake oil. Nothing but snake oil. Don't fall for the okie doke because this is where they're all trying to take gaming, and then all we're going to be stuck with is piece of crap Fortnite-looking games that can be easily uh, transferred and uh, upscaled and downscaled to fit any mobile device that you want, and, and we're all we're all going to be uh, uh, Fortnite drones because that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to take this industry, and this this is. Mm-mm. I think I was listening to Phil Spencer talk about this and, uh, you know, what he's mentioning with Stadia, with xCloud, is that they're trying to go places where consoles might not be as prevalent on there. India, Africa, you know, some parts of Southeast Asia on there and to be able to offer um, games for more people out there that above and beyond that don't normally play them in the normal way, like on a console. And so I could see where that would work, but we definitely... Well, you see, that's a lie right there. That's a lie right there because in India, in Africa, I just my wife just showed she works for one of the a very big nonprofit, and they were they had a situation where they were showing this uh, uh, in in some uh, I can't remember which country it was on the continent of Africa, but there's this guy that created this app. Uh, It was a game. That basically showed people how to uh, harness the water underground and bring it up to the surface, and he base it's basically teaching people how to dig their own wells. And the guy said, you know, we don't have computers, we don't have, uh, uh, uh you know, workstations here. We have we have mobile devices. And when these multi-billion-dollar companies talk about that two billion-plus people that are mobile, that they want to get their games onto them, that's what they're talking about. They don't care about they don't care about bringing the games to people wherever they are. They want to get that money from that pool of two billion people that have mobile devices or primary mobile devices, and they want to sacrifice everything that the console space has been since freaking 1978 to get that money. And this is that's one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about this crap, because it's stripping the ownership of your content away. And they know it's just a, it's just a matter of time because it's not going to be my little nephew because I'm going to make sure he understands the concept of game ownership for damn sure. But it's going to be his kids or his friends and their kids. And at some point, the idea of owning games is just going to eventually just be almost an archaic idea, you know, kind of similar to what movies are now, if not more so, or music. Well, I'm not even going to say music because I own my music. I buy my, I, I own my music. It's digital. It's on a platform that I could download, that I have, that I don't have to be connected to the internet in order to listen to. But that's that's the 
that's the world that these that these bastards are trying to get us into. And you know, just don't fall for the okie doke, y'all. All right. Any opinion, Desmond, other than your surprise about the platform? Uh, <clears throat> no. I mean, I kind of agree um, with both of you and your statements. I mean, I get it. Trying to get folks in, you know, the, the, into the hands of of other people and trying to see, you know, if there's other other ways that we can, you know, get gaming to to the masses, quote unquote, and and you know, digital or sorry, mobile gaming is is you know, unfortunately, you know, this kind of streaming mobile, you know, arena is is what's is where is 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 where uh, it's slowly but surely going. And I'm thinking that some of these companies are just trying to adjust and get ahead of the curve, you know. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's happened because you got like pro- Amazon probably coming in to start making games. You got Google making games. Google making these these platforms and stuff, and so they they want everyone to be connected, and they want everyone, you know. That's why everything nowadays has a has a multiplayer, you know, aspect, which is fine, you know. It's just I don't want this to be the only thing, you know. That's uh, that's, yeah, I, that's yeah, what I'm worried about. It's like I just don't want this to be the only thing. I still want consoles to be, you know, prevalent and in and and, and in the hands of of the masses. I don't I don't want streaming to be the only option i don't i don't want that future you know i i i think it'd be fine you know to have to have an alternative uh so that some people if they do you know in in the much more you know um you know more developed countries you know certain parts of india certain parts of you know africa you know where they're able to do this but but one thing that we always talk about is like you have to have you know, a good internet connection to do this, or you're just going to be the stuttering to try to play, you know, your Fortnite or to play whatever game you're streaming. So, yeah, you know, it is. Yeah. I, the, I just think the infrastructure, you know, uh, is. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's there or not. I probably not. But that's the one thing that 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 I don't want to come to pass is, is that this is the only option we have. Um, and because I think it's. I think it fits some people. You know, it. It. it I think it's going to fit. You know, some people better than others, or you know, who who yeah. who, who don't want to, you know, you know, be tied to their living rooms, and that's fine. You know, you know, consoles are not for everybody, and, and there's certain people who are who are more, you know, you know, willing to 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 go out and play their games at other people, people other people's houses. You know, because computers are in everyone's homes. You know, and, and so if you're able to just yeah. sign on sign on to your Google and then you know play your games from anywhere, that's fine. I mean, it sucks that you probably have to bring that controller around with you everywhere you go, but. <laughs> But, Which uh, I have yet to see anybody do in public. Yeah, but but then it, but within the Microsoft, I, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. But in that Microsoft presser, when that when the woman came out and she was playing Doom, uh, it was a uh, it was Bethesda, I think, and there, she was playing Doom on on like that on on that phone, and I was like, why are you playing Doom on a phone? I was just like, exactly. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I, was like uh, I mean, I thought about buying a Sony phone a couple of years ago so I could play um, remote play, and they do, did sell a controller attachment where you could attach your Android phone on the top of it. You know, yeah, so. I'm good. I don't need to do that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but again, but again, that's not for me though. You know, it's it's, it's for yeah. it's for someone else who's willing to do that, and and I, and I'm all about options, just as long as we have options. Yeah, well, this is... if this thing gets there, if they get their way, you will have no option. This will be the option for you if you want to continue gaming in a modern world. That's what they're striving for. And I, I just don't see no one has been able to explain to me why my content ownership has to be sacrificed 
for the evolution of gaming distribution. No one has been able to give me an, an explanation for that. None of these multi-billion dollar eggheads can can or, or even want to even attempt to address it. Why does my content ownership have to be sacrificed for the delivering of that content to evolve? Makes no freaking sense. None whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, I have no answer to that. Nothing else. That is a great mm-hmm. question that every consumer, you know, video game consumer, consumer in general, you know, yeah. should ask. For sure. You're here first, folks. Ask them. You know, Kev. Yeah. Kev, we'll, 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 we'll put a poster of Kevin up there. The question, <laughs> like, like, like Uncle Sam talking about why explain this to me. Yeah, I mean, there's other ways to stream games on Android and other platforms. I mean, you could always use remote play on the PS4 already. There's XCloud in works for Xbox. And yeah, but that's not what he's talking away. about, Joe. Just that's not what he's talking about. He's talking oh, about the fact that you. Like you can't control, you can't own your games anymore, and then and that's and like and I understand that you know like they get mad at you, you say something wrong, you say something that they don't like, boop, you're 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 taken, you're banned, you can't play this anymore, bullshit, yeah. you know let let them play you know what they want, I don't know, it's just it, it's it's a much larger you know can of worms that that I think that there we're just seeing uh, a small slice of when they're when they're it's like it's like a giant piece of cheese you know that 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 has holes in it's like swiss cheese and like so we can't see the whole cheese and it's probably a horrible analogy but but you know i think that's what's going on you know and if you if you think about it in a much in a much in a a, a macro at a macro level it's like yeah there's all kinds of you know implications about this you know so i mean it's just we 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 have that with um what was it with uh with playing digital card games that's the thing uh, like playing Magic the Gathering on Arena, which is uh, which is another you know digital thing, or playing Hearth Hearthstone, or all these games. You know any digital game that you play nowadays. And please correct me if I'm wrong in the um, in the uh, comments or send us an email. Um, when you get those cards and you build those decks on the digital platform, you don't own those cards. You, you pay money, real money, to get digital representations of these cards that you could buy in real life. Okay, number one. Number two, if you say something or do something, you know that 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 they don't like or it's against toss or whatever. Bye. See ya. Thanks. Thank you for the money. Yeah. You know, and See, I that's think that's so sad. Yeah, and, that, and I think like, that's it's what like I the same thing if you get banned on PSN or on Xbox. Yeah, so that's same thing, so. but that's the fear. No, but but but, but the thing is, if, if if you get banned on PSN, you might not be able to pay. I won't, you know, won't be able to play with you guys, but at least I can still play my games. Like yeah, if, like if you get banned mm-hmm. and 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 the only way you have access is through like a service like Stadia or something like that. That's it. And you spent money to buy those games? That's it. No more. Sorry. Yeah, well, think about it now. I mean, hell, I know I play PlayStation Network, and if my internet was down, like, when I moved to this house, um, I didn't have internet access. And so all my PSN content, because they weren't able to verify that I owned it, basically, I wasn't able to play it because I had no internet access. Terrible. A lot of digital stuff I bought on PSN I had no access to and only be able to play off a disc. So, you know, partially that some of that stuff is uh, already happening right now. I mean, I don't really own uh, anything that's non-physical, you know, and, and two, if I was going to fire up a game like a PS3 game until I download all the patches to hear them back, you know, it's like, 
only own it uh, in its initial state too, which uh, you know, it's a whole other thing in the nutshell about you know archiving games and the you know have ownership of a particular item on there. So I mean, I wish things were like the back when, way back when in the you know 16-bit era. 32-bit era where there were no patches or, uh, you know, check for licenses and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know. And, and we're not even talking about the, the lack of net neutrality now. Yeah. We're not even talking about data caps are a thing now. I just upgraded to gigabit. And I'm I'm fortunate that it's, that it's offered in my, in my area. But for a lot of people, it's not. And for a lot of people. Comcast hasn't hit me with caps yet, but for a lot of people, caps are reality. And what, how, how is this going to work within the confines of other greedy-ass multi-billion-dollar corporations uh, stifling and throttling and constricting your bandwidth? Oh, I'll know what they'll offer you. They'll offer you the gamers package. For a little bit extra money a month, and they'll just raise your cap a little bit higher. It's it's a joke, y'all. Don't fall for it. Yep. All right, let's kind of move on. Let's go to the Destiny Two announcement that happened pre E3. Uh, they did announce uh, their next major expansion, Shadowkeep. Uh, they did announce also as well. It's coming out on September seventeenth. Uh, they are ending their partnership with Activision. Um, basically, they're moving this game on the PC from Battle.net over to Steam on there. Also, on September 17th, they have Destiny uh, 2 first year. All the content will be a free-to-play game that you could go ahead and play uh, on any of the platforms. Uh, they are now supporting uh, cross-save, so you're able to bring your characters at any platform that you want to play on on that um as far as uh content goes though each expansion it's going to be separate from now on you don't necessarily have to buy the like say forsaken content for destiny 2 to be able to buy shadow keep or even get the uh, you know forsaken season pass on there to be able to buy it everything it's going to be its own separate um uh add-on to be able to do that so on uh, now also they are going to go ahead and combine um uh, believe some of the crucible modes some of the co-op dungeons on there i'm not sure if it's going to be where we're going to deal with cross play as of yet uh but i don't know if that's something they're working on uh, shadow keep is going to be 35 bucks and every purchase is going to include the first season and new content following the release of the expansion on there um if you do want to get the um annual pass i believe you would need to pay 40 bucks up front to get the annual pass and then you'll get everything including um forsaken the first you know the free-to-play version of destiny and also shadow keep as well on there and if you happen to move your game over to another platform like xbox one pc uh, Stadia, PS4, on uh, there you do have to individually buy the game again on that platform. On uh, there, they're not supporting you know one purchase to on across all platforms, unfortunately. So, so any thoughts, you guys? I mean, if we talk about Shadowkeep itself, it's pretty much a expansion. It's uh, on the moon. Eris Morn is back on there, and they're promising content galore on there, including a new um, raid. 
and a lot more content as well. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how it to see how it all plays out. I I know I've started the um, the season of opulence. You know, doing some of the per- pursuits for the chalice. Uh, I only have one uh, one space. I, it's not gem. I forget what they call them now. But you have to unlock these uh, uh, slots on your chalice, and as you complete quests, uh, you gain these gems that you can slot into your chalice, which has an effect on the gear that you can get. Uh, at least, at least that's what's going on at the point where I'm at with uh, with uh, the the season of opulence. So. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what they what they can do, see how yeah, it plays out. I'm gonna kind of take a look at it too. I've been meaning to go back to play the season of opulence myself, so we'll to see how that progresses on there. Any thoughts on moving or maybe transferring platforms? Or are you gonna stick on PS4? Um, in for a penny, in for a pound. I, right. You know, I'm I'm on I'm on PlayStation. Uh, if uh, I know I was talking to my my eldest nephew a couple of days ago, and he said he's going to he just, he's probably going to stick with the Xbox because that's kind of sort of where he started Destiny. Uh, if they ever offer any cross save uh, between those two consoles, and maybe I'll uh, and I wouldn't have to restart anything. I could just use my character with the gear I've got. Yeah, and that's that's what's being done. Yeah, cross save functionality. So all you would need to do, Kevin, is. But I don't want to buy that extra content on another console. Well, you'd that's have to the other thing. Forty bucks for Shadowkeep to play with your nephew would basically get you everything. Yeah. At that point, you know. So plus having to pay the Shadowkeep license on PS4 as well. So. Yeah. So it it might be something to where if if you have enough friends to play with on another platform, it might be um, enticing possibly. So maybe. Or if if you're looking to get all the K's on there, play on PC and whatnot, you know, you know something. I'm gonna stick with PS4 myself. So unless I encounter a group of people that want to play on another platform, but uh, love to see if I could, you know dabble on ps4 and then move my save to xbox and then go back to ps4 and still have that same progression in there it's, it's kind of cool it's just i i wish that they would just give one license for the whole platforms i think that would work out great so but pretty pretty excited about that so all right e3 itself not gonna ask me well, if you want to talk about it, you can. I mean, <laughs> I, usually I harass you on this show about Destiny 2. Yeah. Um, I know you've probably been feeling about it. You're kind of lukewarm on there. So well, I'll no, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of uh, excited. Uh, part of me is a little bit excited for the uh, for making it a much more action RPG elements. So I was looking at – I watched one of the, the feeds about it, and I watched their, their – what is it? Their, their community live thing where that guy, that streamer data was talking to them and – so even though I, you know, am lukewarm about Destiny, I still watch the news. I still, you know, watch some of the streamers that do cover Destiny. So I'm I'm up to date on the Destiny news and stuff like that. So you know, when they when they left Activision and they started talking about what they're going to be doing, I kind of perked up. And knowing that and seeing that they're going to be doing a much more, you know, like I said, you know, action RPG kind of thing or MMO, God forbid. I was like, you know, okay, maybe this is the time for me to kind of get back into it. Um, there's nothing in the season of opulence that really makes me want to like, you know, oh, I have to go and write about now. 
But I do think that I'm probably going to most likely skip that, even though I bought the pass and I think, I don't know, maybe I'll skip it, maybe I won't, I don't know. But I'm thinking once they 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 do their stuff and, and, you know, they go back to the moon and, you know, all that, I think I'm probably going to jump back in at that time to see what has changed since uh, leaving Activision and, and this being more of a bungee you know, thing and not a Bungie slash Activision thing. And so it looks like they're trying to give a little bit more, a uh, little bit more love to the, um, to the, uh, uh, PVE crowd. And that's, that's what I, that's what, why I, that's why I played a destiny. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm probably going to end up trying it, trying it out again at some point. So good deal. Glad to have you back. So anyone out there listening to, if you want to play destiny with us or if you kind of stepped out, from the game and want to get back into it just let us know yeah. on there it used to be our game nights on thursdays was always about playing destiny pretty much and with the you know jason and you know alberto and you know a few others that we're playing with you know uh gerald ocon on there so very much enjoyed you know interacting with the community and playing destiny 2 on there hell i would Love to see if they even bring aspects of Destiny One back, including you know, you know, they mentioned in the uh, E3 Coliseum panel about um, Sparrow Racing, and they didn't acknowledge anything. But still, I think that's something where I think I would love for them to add the Sparrow Racing back into Destiny Two. Yep. We'll see what happens with that. So it's a, good, a different way to grind for things. So <laughs> exactly. All right. Well. E3 did start on Saturday with EA Play. Uh, they d- did something different this year. They decided to live stream a bunch of different content on there instead of having a, a press conference proper on there. And I think that's a good way because of the fact that, you know, hey, there's not a lot that EA brings out. Like, I don't want to sit through all the sports stuff. <laughs> Maybe get a nugget here or two on that. And the main game... That would draw anyone's interest out of all of the games that they showed was uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on that. I happen not to really watch any of the coverage too much. I've seen one video myself on there. I'm not the biggest Star Wars uh, geek as far as, you know, I I dabble. I watch the movies, but not like I have Skywalker underpants and uh, like, you know, lightsabers in my closet or anything like that. So. Any thoughts, Kevin, on this? I know out of the three of us, I think you probably have more investment uh, to see if this is pulled off well, if need be. So, I'm a Star Wars fan. My Same. eldest nephew is a Star Wars geek. Like, he's read all the extended novels. Uh, he's seen all the movies multiple times and all that. Uh, he's hyped for it. I'm interested in the game there was some of the things that uh that i saw in the combat that kind of sort of had me a little bit concerned i'm hoping that there's a little bit more meat than just uh, uh dodging and blocking i hope there's at least some type of a parry system involved in that uh graphically it looks pretty uh, I'm not overly impressed with the main character's design. You know, I kind of sort of agree with what some people have uh, that criticism that some people have mentioned, and has nothing to do with who he is or how he how he looks. He just kind of looks just kind of bland. Bland, yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Uh, it, it, it's uh, who is the, the guys that did? Uh, 
what's what's that game that they did with the mechs and the the pilots? Titanfall two. And, yeah, Titanfall two. There's the Titanfall two guys that did this. I kind of want to see what their spin on a brawler is going to be, or a hack and well, I wouldn't call this a hack and slash. I call it more of a brawler. Uh, in the Star Wars universe is going to be so. I know there are penchants for quality after playing Titanfall two story campaign. So I'd say I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Okay, uh, day one for you or uh, wait and see. Um, I will probably wind up getting it day one, uh, just because I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh, but I'm going to base it and judge it on its combat uh, systems yeah. and how it plays. Day one, Desmond, or thumbs up, thumbs down? It'll be a day one for me. I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well. I love Star Wars RPGs, and I've played uh, most of them. So I'll, I'll get it. I do wish that you could create your own character, as always. It annoys me that you can't. I do think that the person is bland as all get out. Um, but you know what I'm excited Uh, I just the one thing that I worry about is um, the guys at Titanfall they don't make super long stories y'all so (laughs) I'm worried that it's only going to be like a 10 hour adventure and they're like okay we're done you know we we you know we 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 met our contract we had to make a game here you go no I don't want that like I want I want an actual game please that that's good that's uh Basically, Trader Joe's uh, Spidey Sense <laughs> basically mm. is saying a massively published game with a small or short campaign equals used purchase six months down the line for twenty bucks. So. <laughs> oh god, I hope not. Please, please don't do that. Please, please don't do me like that. I don't think I need to support EA by buying it at launch. <laughs> no, I will. So, and LucasArts, you know, so. But, you know, if it's just 10 hours and that gameplay is on point, I- yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it, too. For I'm cool bucks. I'm cool with a premium beat-em-up in the Star Wars universe That's that where the systems, the combat systems are given the complexity uh, and the meat that, that they would need, uh, at, at least to, to impress me. You know, uh, brawlers are my favorite genre of games, so I, I'm kind of more... Uh, into it and pay more attention to systems and mechanics than most people do. But if it can, if I can see that that a lot of thought has been put into those systems, and if it's just a ten-hour campaign, you know, I, I'm cool with that because I had I had I will have had one one heck of an adventure, uh, a well played a well playing adventure in those ten hours. So I'd be good with that. It's just speculation. Knowing them, they probably have a nice little roadmap, maybe some DLC content going down the line. So we'll have to see how that rolls out. And plus, it's uh, on PC and Xbox, too. I might get it on Games Pass. You never know. So on there. But uh, uh, anything else at EA's conference that caught you guys' eye at all? I don't think so, but I just want to throw it out. No, not really. Okay, now there was a brief mention of Anthem during the EA Play um, <laughs> conference on there. They had lead producer Ben Irving on there. Um, he had a short interview that discussed the game on there, and he stated that the team right now is, quote-unquote, working with influencers and getting feedback from players about recent events in the Cataclysm Limited Time event, which is now testing on PC. Uh, the idea right now is to gather impressions from the test server and use that to shape content going forward. He did state, Anthem does have a future, a very bright future, we hope. We learn a lot 
these last few months. We really want to make the game better. We believe Anthem can be a really amazing game. We know we have some work to do. We just want to work within the community and build it together and make it the game that everyone wants it to be. So, quote, end quote on that. So, Wasn't the uh, influencers the ones that were trying to get people to buy the game to begin with? So that that statement right there gives me no faith in that in what they're going to do in anything they're going to do with Anthem. And I think that's a big part of what's wrong with with gaming is that they rely on these influencers that have these high numbers of uh, subscribers and followers and uh, hey, you know, go buy this game, check out this game and you know, instead of renting it or you know, making their own opinion, they buy it because, you know, PewDiePie uh, it's been streaming it for the past 24 hours straight. You know, has no bearing on whether or not the game is good. You know, so yeah, I, I have no faith in 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 anything that <laughs> anything he said uh, just off that sentence by itself. We're we're, we're going to talk to our influencers. Yeah, yeah, you can miss me with that one, bro. Uh, they need to work on the loop from people I've listened to and talked about the game that has been playing the game still and i've been meaning to go back to it i still own it thought about trading it in it only gets eight dollars in value now so it's like <laughs> might as well keep it and this thing was 59.99 you know in february so so you know there's still there's still a, a framework of a good game there it's just uh you know, i'll have to see how it comes and plays out on there so uh, yeah, that's pretty much EA in a nutshell on there. So next presser was the Microsoft E3 press conference for 2019 on there. So lots of stuff on there, you know, things of note, of course, um, you know, not going in order, of course. Uh, there was at the end of the presser uh, information about Project Scarlet, which is the next um, Xbox platform. On that, uh, of course, a lot of buzzwords. You know, I was watching that trailer thinking it was just basically a rinse and repeat of Project Scorpio for was, the most part. It was good to see your older brother, though, with the, with the super long beard. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, what's Joe doing in here? That's funny. That guy stole the show, man. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> I dream of having a beard all the way down to my crotch. <laughs> so I could... <laughs> You know he yeah. was like a tech person too. That's what was hilarious about it. it was oh, like I know. <laughs> super techie. So, my impressions, I you know, there's some high points with Xbox that I enjoyed. Um, as far as a new console is concerned, you know, I'm, I want to see it when it finally gets unveiled on there. I mean, I know that they want to be upfront to let everyone know that they are working on it. You know, it is what it is for that but you know buzzwords you know it's just like you know it's it's so powerful it's almost unfair like all the buzzwords from project scorpio it's just i don't want to hear this thing's more powerful than a damn uh you know apollo like you know spaceship or anything like that i just want to play games and play games well so so we'll see once it, it finally is unveiled but they did show footage from halo infinite to say it's going to be a, a scarlet launch title along with it being on PC and also on Xbox One on there. Uh, but it's going to be day and date with the uh, console once it's released on that. So 
Uh, other highlights of note, Gears of War 5 was shown, but they didn't show any gameplay footage on there. So that pretty much, uh, I looked at that. They were showing an all-new three-player mode called Escape on there. Cyberpunk 2077 was shown with a new cinematic trailer. With Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves came up on stage. And, and that, I was like, all right, buddy. Yeah, he's in the game on there. So you got to kind of look. That gave a lot of people, it's like, oh, my God, they just went a total ape shit about Keanu being up on stage. And, yeah, it's all cool and all. It's just another actor to me. It's like. That yeah, thing. but he has a history in the genre, though. He does. Johnny Mnemonic, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like he, <laughs> come on, like, come on, you know. So having him be in there, that was kind of a geek moment for me, too. I was like, oh, shit, they got him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> so I'd kind of rather play as him. <laughs> given what I've seen of the main character. Yeah. Well, yeah if you're not going to let me design my own guy. You are yeah. going to be able to design your own guy in that game, I believe. So I haven't seen anything about that. I. I haven't seen, I haven't any seen anything about character uh, customization like that. Mm, we'll have to see. I know. I hope so. Oof. You know, there's some hubbub about cyberpunk 2077 today uh, talking about there is like a, a billboard on there that uh, was a little bit controversial and offensive to transsexuals on there which you know i don't know how that all went down but uh you know hopefully they are you know being thoughtful of everything <laughs> as far as what they're doing uh, with the game on that. They did announce, too, that you can play through the game entirely without even initiating any combat whatsoever. So that's something that, you know, for people that want to be, you know, play as a good goody tissues, you know, no gun gunplay whatsoever, that there is ability to be able to go through the game entirely without <laughs> initiating any sort of combat. So That's awesome. Pacifist mode. You got it. On there. So other things that were shown on the Xbox stage, uh, they showed Psychonauts 2. They did announce that they're uh, buying Double Fine Studios on there. So Double Fine is now part of Xbox Game Studios. I was crying. I cried a little. Like, I didn't cry a little because I think it's great that Tim Schafer is now going to not have to worry about crowdfunding all of his games. We actually might start to get some, you know, higher profile games from them. But at the same time, it was like... Like, Tim Schafer's been around for forever. You know, he worked for LucasArts first before it goes starting Double Fine. And then, and then you know, I, I'm glad that he took it and it seems like he took it in stride, you know, because he's a little like, okay, we'll make this, we'll make that for you, whatever you want. And he's just like, and the guy was like, oh, we're, we, just, we just want you to make great games. He's like, oh, thank you. You know, so I was just, I mean, he always has that kind of like, that kind of schleppy, you know, nerdy kind of guy. So I don't know. I, I, find, I find him endearing. And so after, you know, him saying, okay, we're... We're 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 joining, you know, Xbox Gaming Studio or whatever it's called. I was just like, oh, okay, so, you know, uh, they still don't have to financially struggle anymore. That's it. Exactly. So. so I'm like, as long as they give them the freedom to make really good games, and and with the announcement of Psychonauts two, I was like, okay, you know, now I'm a little, okay, I'm I'm feeling okay with this, you know, but I don't know because. You know, Microsoft. Is, I mean, there. I mean, I. I personally did not care about a lot of the the big name titles they spoke about. I mean, I just was just like, okay, whatever. But there were a couple of indie games that that were coming out. There's one called like um, Spirit Farrier or something like that that I that I really enjoyed looking at. So their 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 indie games seem to be like a lot of fun. I actually um, wrote a lot of uh, stuff about 
about um about Microsoft. I, I that was the one that I that I watched and paid attention to the most, and I found that that was the one that I en- I actually enjoyed the most. Like I really like was like I was really like into what they were talking about. Um, I mean, it, does it make me want to play my Xbox? No, but. <laughs> But I probably will end up turning it on, especially with that deal they're doing now for it being a dollar. I was like, okay, well, you know, that, that well, the price is right, so I'll try uh, it. Speaking of which, yeah, let's mention that since you brought it up on there. So there is... Like my segue? Yes. Game Pass Ultimate uh, was announced, and basically what it is is that you are able to um, upgrade your Xbox Live subscription to add games pass and then they announced at the presser also games pass for pc uh, normally the price is 14.99 a month but the way they worked it is that um, they took the amount of uh, months you had on your xbox live subscription took the amount of months that you had on your games pass subscription and they combined it for a dollar to be able to combine it all into one service so you're able to upgrade at that point in time, up to three years on there. So, and so what I personally did is I went, my live subscription was up as of December of this uh, 2019. And then I um, extended it for another year uh, to 2020, December, 2020 with, you know, paying for a code and then uh, I upgraded a dollar. And basically I'm now with game pass ultimate until August of uh, 2021 right now. So, so that's the way if you want to do this and if you're listening to this right now all you need to do is just make sure that you extend your gold um, the furthest amount that you want to if you need to buy a card buy a card because basically you're able to uh, upgrade the ultimate for a buck and to be able to you know, tie along games pass and games pass for pc along for that extra buck on there and plus um they did announce that there is going to be some benefits to have the Ultimate Games Pass versus the regular Games Pass, including like access to the Ultimate Edition of Gears 5, uh, five days ahead of time, like if you bought the Ultimate Edition uh, digitally or physically on that. So, And they are bringing up to 100 games to PC, so I'll have to see what games uh, that they're uh, going to release. You know, a lot of stuff is back catalog stuff like you know Prey and you know, other games. And then Metro Exodus uh, was something that they announced uh, for Games Pass for both PC and for Xbox as well on that. So definitely a good deal on there. Any thoughts about the show as far as uh, the Games Pass Ultimate, Kevin? Uh, I let my gold expire. Uh, I have no reason to really have it. you know, it. I don't know. Uh, I'll you know I. I don't know. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll have I'll have my summation when we when we come when we uh, on Xbox's uh, show uh, near the end of, of of the discussion for it. But uh, you know, it if I guess if you're already an Xbox Live Gold member. Uh, it's good, so because you, you can get all that for a dollar. Um, yeah, queue up that uh, RoboCop. You know, I buy that for a dollar. Sell you know, for it right there. You know, 
All I do is play. Uh, only reason I have that system is to play Ninja Gaiden. That that's really it, and I don't need gold for that. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to each his own. I mean, I know you're probably interested in Gears Five, possibly <laughs> when it comes uh, out. After playing Gears Four to completion, mm-hmm. <sighs> see. That that that, that kind of goes into gears is getting ready to drop in what September of this year. Yep. How can you not show gameplay? I mean, I mean, let, let I'm just putting aside the fact that gameplay was uh, a novelty in this show to begin with. Understand? I'm and you know, I can understand that for games that are a ways out, you know, to get you hyped for some for a new IP, but. They didn't show. I mean, Ori in the Blind Forest has been pushed to next year, and they had gameplay for that. You've got your biggest uh, first-party title dropping in fall of 2019, and you show zero gameplay on "quote unquote" the biggest stage for video games. I I, I don't un- I don't understand that. But as far as the Gears crew uh, from Four, I found all of those people extremely annoying. Uh, I they they can't hold a candle to the original crew from Dom and and Marcus and uh, even the you know the black dude that 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 speaks in grunts and and football euphemisms. Uh, they're way more in uh, interesting as characters than this new group of meatheads. Uh, the chick. Uh, what's her name? Caitlin, Katie, uh, whatever her name is, the star of Gears Five is the least annoying of the three. So maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Uh, but after playing Gears Four, there is nothing that got that's yes, trying to set me up for hype for Five. Gotcha. Well, there, like uh, Desmond mentioned, there was quite a few indie titles that were shown on there, and one thing that kind of caught my eye is that all the titles that they're shown in the Sizzle trailer on stage are all going to be day and date with Games Pass on there. And, and some of the games that kind of caught my eye, After Party, look pretty cool, uh, which is uh, basically that you go down uh, to hell and then you have to basically outdrink Satan and he'll grant you re-entry back to Earth <laughs> on there. So um, Blazing Chrome looked like the second coming of Contra, on there so that was something that looked great to me at least uh cross code which is a game they showed very briefly but it's getting really good reviews on steam it's a 2d action rpg uh, 16-bit style on there and uh, looks great and so i was grateful that it made its way over to console and it's uh, making its way to games pass on that um the game you mentioned desmond which is uh going to be Spirit Fair from Thunder Lotus uh, is um, going to be day and date with Games Pass. It's also coming on other platforms as well on there, but it's a unique third per, uh, game about uh, manage, management game about dying. I guess you play as a, a fairy master to the deceased on there. And so a lot of things, what you do is you're building about to explore the world you're caring for your spirit friends and you finally release them to the afterlife is the premise of the game so on that so that's why uh they kind of showed and that's the same company that did like uh games like sundered and um, jotun 
on there that uh, you know we we kind of looked at their art style. They are masters of that hand drawn style on there. So and so there's quite a number of indie games though that were announced on stage and that kind of you know give it up to Microsoft to at least elevate these games a little bit, get them out in the open, you know, offer them free with Games Pass on there as a service to, you know, bring content to that platform on there. And every download is going to support these developers. So, so you know, it's kind of funny that uh, at the beginning of this console generation that Microsoft was the least friendly to independent developers. It seemed like Sony had the uh, indie, uh, you know, forefront on lock on there it kind of moved over to the switch and to xbox as of late you know, it seems like playstation are kind of more apt to be receptive to stuff like call of duty avengers and so on and so forth so it's kind of interesting so any yeah, of well, the i mean the, the the sad truth is that they're not needed anymore and yeah. i i think we kind of all kind of knew that once their first party started uh, popping out those bangers that they, they really weren't going to be be needed. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember if the Nintendo Treehouse or the Nintendo, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll cover that in uh, a little bit later. Uh, I don't know if there was a whole lot of indie representation on Nintendo's end, and, and they've been super friendly with with indies, but now they're getting ready to drop their hot fire uh, for the remainder of this year and into the next. And the indies are just the indies are just not needed. They're they're the filler. I mean, as good as a lot of the as some of those games are, uh, the fact of the matter is that they're they fill those voids in between your triple A, double A, and and single A titles. Uh, be it from first party or third party, so that that's just it's because they're they're like the hot potato between the the big three, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm a little dry. Hand me that potato, you know, hot, hot, hot. So it is what it is, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, other things that kind of caught my eye a little bit with the Microsoft's press conference, of course. I don't know if any of you guys are interested in Elden Ring. That's that game that's collaborative between uh, From Software and George R.R. R. Martin on there. We've got to find out a little bit more. It's just a CG trailer that they've shown on there. I am interested in it, but you know, I just want to see, see it. more. It needs to be more of an RPG and less of a Dark Souls, like, you know, Sekiro type of joint. You know, I think the for it to be something, you know, I don't think it's going to be as combat heavy as something in the Souls genre on that. So we'll have to see, though, see what it, it kind of brings forth on there. Uh, Dying Light 2 was shown as well. You know, I'm interested in the game, but uh, I want to see more gameplay, just like everyone else about every other game on there. Uh, Wasteland 3 was shown. Any interest in that, Desmond, at all? Yeah, probably. I mean, it looks fun. I like those tactical art, tactical RPGs. Sorry, I'm moving around on my chair. That's <laughs> uh, all good. Yeah, I like yeah those it's going to be day like, and date with Games Pass as well. So, I mean, I'll probably end up playing it on Games Pass, you know, just to see it. But yeah. I mean, it looks it looks fun. I played the second one, um, and I know that they're just going to refine it. So, I, I, I like games like that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Bleeding Edge was shown from Ninja Theory, so it's a four v four action game. Hard pass on for me. Air. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, it looks 
you think if it has enough beat em up credo, Kevin, that's something you might want to give it a shot? Not possibly? even. No. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of this Fortnite crap, man. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. it it's. I, I mean, I, I think this is, you know, I know they were saying, well, this is the game that they were working on, and uh, the scuttlebutt is that this is the game that uh, convinced Microsoft to make an offer on the studio. Because it fits in with their Games Pass X Cloud formula, an engine that looks like it can be easily ported to mobile devices without a whole lot of trouble. And I'm just, I'm just over this type of game. You know, hey, you know, if if, if that's not that's not what I want from Ninja Theory, not even close. Gotcha. So. It sounds like Ninja Theory does want because <laughs> sounds like the well, Ninja Theory is thinking about survival. They want to yeah. survive, and that's why they did that game. You know, you can talk. You can talk about, uh, you know, well, this is the this is their passion project. This is this. This is that. This is the same folks that did Heavenly Sword. The same folks that did Senua's Sacrifice. The same folks that did DMC. Both all three of those games. Uh, Graphically impressive, mechanically sound, uh, combat heavy. This, this is, is, is this is uh, this was a survival. This is what we need to make. We need to make ends meet. What's hot in these streets right now, as the young kids say, a Fortnite type crap. Okay, this is what we got to do. That's not bad anywhere else. Just a four v four though. So, yeah, but it, it it's the same style. It's the same multiplayer light on story unless you're going to sit and watch these developer bios of all these weird looking characters. It, it's it, it's just not you know hey you know if that if, if that's if that's what what your thing is you know, hey more power to you but gotcha. that's that's just not what I want from Ninja Theory. All right, and then uh, they showed Battletoads as well. They know they're rebooting that on there. Well, what's your thoughts, Kevin? I know you had some strong thoughts when we were watching. Utter this crap. Game. Utter yeah, that, crap. Yeah, that, that did was look bad. Teen Titans Go BS right there. Total garbage. I, I, <laughs> man. Oh, man. I, I don't know how many L's you could stack up in one show. I mean, my gosh. Uh, this was, you know, I was when they when they came out with I forget if it was Zits or Pimple or or whichever one in um uh what was what was their fighting game Killer Instinct Killer Instinct I was hoping that they were going to stick to a, a a style a graphics presentation an artistic style representation closer to like that. But, I mean, having played the NES and the arcade version, and I believe it was on the SNES, uh, Battletoads on the SNES as well, this ain't it. I mean, this is, you know, I've heard other people mention it. Uh, other people mention it. It looks like a Flash game. <laughs> it looks like something, something that somebody did in Flash. I mean, just nothing, uh, nothing attractive about that whatsoever you know the perfect thing you know the perfect thing to say oh well it's in game pass i'll try that for a dollar you know that uh, yeah I'm, I'm 
for me, I don't have any preconceived notions of what Battletoads should or should not be on there. So I, you know, granted, it looked like just another beat 'em up game. It looked like it had a, a kind of a good animated art style on there. And really, just, I didn't uh, like that animating style. I thought it was, it. I thought it looked cheap. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I was just. I mean, it was very bright. It was. It was like it looked like it was for kids. It's like. Yep. I know they mentioned the fact that there's no lives that are being counted unless you play the game on its highest difficulty, I think is what uh, they said in the interview. There's what? On no that, so no that, lives or something? Yeah, like basically you got infinite lives. Oh, unless lives. You put okay. the, yeah, yeah, unless you put it on its highest difficulty. So, you know, And like I said, I wouldn't even sniff near Battletoads unless it was on Games Pass. And even if it's on Games Pass, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to down, if I'm going to even take the time to download it. But uh, that looked okay on there. But it's not like uh, it's not like Streets of Rage 4 or something where I'm just like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, God tier, you know, or anything like that. So, And pretty much the only other things that really caught my eye at Microsoft, um, the big one ha- happened with the Sega logo showing up and then um, – them announcing Fantasy Star Online 2 is making its way to North America for the first time ever on there. And just to kind of explain as far as the significance of PSO on there, um, PSO was a game that came out originally on Dreamcast back in 1999, and it kind of brought forth a lot of the same aspects in games like Destiny and other games that had a heavy influence on on that and so basically it's been in the it's been in japan since 2012 it was announced for u.s release in 2012 and so uh to have them um bring this game out after eight years of being in essential purgatory on that is just it won at least my imagination with microsoft at the show and kind of you know i think you saw me kevin i perked my head up <laughs> mm-hmm and uh, it was like, is that Fantasy Star? What? What? It's like, I kind of knew right away once I heard it. And I was like, you know, I'm just grateful that, you know, Microsoft is giving the game a shot. And I was, I was watching Giant Bomb's coverage tonight before recording the show. And there was an interview with uh, Phil Spencer. And they basically, when he was visiting Sega, when he made his usual sojourn to Japan, um, you know, they present him with PSO or anything like that. He actually went and was visiting with all the different studios and uh, he sat down and talked to the uh, the particular group that was in development uh, continuing to, to work on PSO2 on there and they started talking and kind of getting get to negotiating as far as how to make everything work on there. He did allude on the Giant Bomb interview that there's an inevitability that this game will be out on other platforms besides Xbox one in windows 10 on there so there's eventually going to be porting of this game afterwards over to other platforms but it's going to lead on the xbox and windows 10 platforms at least so but uh it's free to play and uh, i'm definitely going to be checking it out once it does come out on there any opinions guys on pso2 uh day one can be playing it i have waited for a long time for this and I am super, super excited for it. I've played all the iterations um, of the Fantasy Star Online series, and I am super excited. Uh, my only Fantasy Star experience was with uh, Dreamcast. 
so I played it. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't call myself an Uber fan of it, uh, but I'll check it out if it's free uh, to play. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Did you play PSL online? I wasn't sure if you did or not. If you played it strictly single player. Uh, I played it single player. I mean, I I connected online to see what it, but it was so laggy. When I tried it, 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 it I couldn't. I could. I really couldn't play. So I just I just did a whole bunch of solo missions, as, as gotcha. I recall. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was anything, you know. It wasn't a it wasn't a draw dropping experience for me personally, but I thought it was a fun game. So yeah, I just have a lot of memories of playing it online. In fact, uh, I think I've talked before on either this show or in GHR, but that game is like my favorite game of all time. I have to say so. Yeah, I, I I wish I had that. Uh, uh, that level of, of enthusiasm for it, but you know the Dreamcast version was my only experience with it. Yeah, well, I and know. going probably, online, it was just kind of eh. You it was unplayable on, for me. You probably played dial up. Did you buy the broadband adapter for your? No, Dreamcast? I used the dial up. Yeah, and that was probably. that was that was garbage. Yep. Yeah, no, I was broadband all the way with that thing, so I could definitely see how your experience might have been a little bit uh, different on there. So, so. And probably only other thing, as far as Microsoft press conference is concerned, that kind of caught my eye was uh, Tales of Arise, the new games in the Tales series. That on did there. Look good. So, but that's multi-plat. It's coming out on all platforms. But at least Microsoft's continuing to you know throw it out on their stage, on there. But uh, any other further thoughts on Microsoft, uh, Desmond or Kevin? Nope. Um, I thought it was the denim show. <laughs> like did you notice everyone on there had the same denim pants on they were all blue <laughs> denim it was so I think, I think maybe only one person broke the mold it was crazy and why is everyone so casual do you notice that like everyone had on like a t-shirt a leather jacket and stuff I was like is that the look now these people are yeah, that's that yeah that's their look it you was know, funny it's all about the phil, phil spencer getting his t-shirt of the show ready you know basically well, so I don't know. I don't know, just it just seemed very forced i don't know yeah. But anyway, I, I didn't mean to talk about their clothes, but it was just something that I was kind of looking nah, at. Talk away. No, talk because away. like, like I had a little notes that I was writing on various different things that I liked, you know. And I was, I, I immediately when, when they mentioned the controller, I thought of you, and I was like, ah, oh, Joe's controller whore, he's gonna love this. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was like, right. actually, I mean, I'm kind of. It's like I know Chris Lefty Brown, our friend, is super excited about the Elite controller, but uh, you know, I don't play my Xbox enough for me to think about. You're throwing down 180 bucks, even though it's you know usable on PC, so on and so forth. On that, I think I'm think I'm good on there. So, you know, I am good. So, any day one confirms on this show as far as anything you're going to buy day one besides PSO2, of course. So, oh, me, oh, PSO, yeah, PSO. I might do the 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 fairy one because I thought that was a kind of cool one. Um, everything else was just kind of like, let's see, and then possibly Cyberpunk, but, but no, I mean, no. I'm down for Cyberpunk, but I pre-ordered on PS4, of course, so we didn't mention Outer Worlds. I know you're pretty down with that game too, right, Desmond? Yeah, I'm going to be playing it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I, I, I just wanted to be here now, and I know... Um, a while ago, they showed it. They showed it at a presser, and people were kind of like, "Ooh, this might not be good." But like, uh, they have earned my trust, so I will, I will definitely try and, um, you know, 
pick it up day one. I mean, I'm gonna pick it up day one anyway, and I'm just gonna see what it is, well, how it's like. So yeah, and the, to me, I mean, uh, just my mention of Xbox and Games Pass and all that. I'm only enthusiastic enthusiastic for Xbox for the simple fact that I am only going to play what's on my Games Pass subscription. I am not going to invest any physical like you know purchases on this platform. I collect for PS4. If I play some games, cool games, uh, you know, physically, I mean, I will kind of leave my game purchases over to mainly the ps4 it's just the way i want to kind of operate but i think it's good that i could dabble and kind of you know pick and choose when i want to play on the xbox platform on there and there's enough you know granted i got enough to play if i just stick with the one platform but just in case i get the urge or the itch you know it's something that with games pass i still have a way to slot over to xbox and play whatever is available so mm-hmm. That's how I'm kind of viewing things, at least. So it just gives me another choice on there. So, yeah, uh, uh, this was not what was needed uh, from Xbox. Uh, they had the whole show to themselves, and I don't think they succeeded in making a case for in making a case for the platform. I, I really don't. Um, Ori was great. But the but other than that, the only thing that carried the day again were multiplats. You have your biggest first party title for the year coming out in September. You show no gameplay. You show these weird, you know, uh, uh, CG trailers for modes in the game. But you still don't show. You don't even show any. You still don't show any gameplay regarding the campaign. Uh, you, you know, you say, well, we're going to have this coming up later. You're going to have that coming up later. You know, I thought E3 was 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 the last word for, you know, debuting your content. You know, that's that at least that's what everybody else seems to be saying. Man, you don't and you have no gameplay for your biggest title coming out this year. I can understand CG for stuff that's a year or two or two years out, three years out. Fine, you know, show me a proof of concept. This is what this is the idea behind it. Okay, all that's all well and good, but this is stuff coming out this year, and there was no gameplay other than other than the indies. There, there was really nothing to show. Uh, you cut and paste. <laughs> you cut and paste um, the wire interview. From uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The the uh, technical director for PS4 and PS5, uh, almost basically quoting word for word, talking about the SSD and the Ryzen, you know, CPU and this and that. Uh, Mark Cerny's interview in Wire, and it's like, I I, I it, nothing you. You've done nothing to excite, at, at least for me. And I'm looking at it from the con- from the concept of I'm a console gamer. You know, I mentioned this last episode. You know, I get it. I prefer playing my games on a console. I like the closed box. But there's there was just nothing that got me excited for the box that I've got now, which is quote unquote the most powerful console in the world. And the most interesting thing that I'm playing on it is Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 and and Rage 2. 
you know, that's it. Nothing, nothing has been displayed or showcased this E3 that is encouraging me to turn on this console. And I was really hoping, I was really hoping to see them really bring it. And they did not. They, you know, I don't know. And, you know, when your competition, like, circumvent, you know, circumvents everything you did in a two-hour show with a subtweet from Square Enix about Final Fantasy VII's uh, Deluxe Edition and where you can pre-order it, I, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, and they weren't even there. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This, 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 you know, this, it, maybe if you're, if you're already an Xbox gamer, this was interesting. But well, if you're trying to get people hyped, because this is the lost generation for X, for Microsoft, the Xbox One is the lost generation. They, they they've flubbed the ball so many times in this generation. It's not even funny. But this could have been the opportunity for them to build hype for the one coming up next, and they didn't even do that. I mean, they can't even build excitement for games that they've got coming this year because they didn't show gameplay, and that just befuddles me. So. I don't know. It, it, it is. It is what it is. I, I guess. I guess the, the new thing now is wait till E three E three twenty twenty because you know we've been doing that for the past what four years when it comes to this company. So maybe with a, a new generation E three next year, they'll they'll be able to bring it and, and show you why they are still in the console business because. I, I got to be honest. I, I'm really, I really did not see it this year, and I was, I was hoping to see it, but I was kind of expecting. <laughs> I, I was hoping to see something better, but I was prepared for the worst. And this was, uh, this, this, this wasn't, this wasn't good. Not good. So, yeah, I could definitely feel you, man. I mean, this is a transitional year, I think, for all of the game companies out there right now. So this has been a transitional generation for Xbox, though. Oh, I I mean, and that's the thing that I don't that I. I mean, Phil Spencer is a wizard. I mean, he (laughs) he got people to get hyped over over services and half ass games. And Microsoft, the the Xbox division generated something what ten billion dollars last year, with ha- with having no major hitters since Gears since Gears uh, four. I mean, props to him. He is the executive's executive, you know. So uh, so when when people say Phil Phil Spencer is not the man to be in charge, wrong. Yeah, he is the guy to be in charge if all you're concerned about is is Microsoft's bottom line. But as far as content, man, this whole generation has just been a wash. And and it would be acceptable if this was Microsoft's first foray into the console space, but it's not. They had the original Xbox. They were hungry. They were, you know, they had bravado. They are coming in with exclusive content, new IPs. 
and they and then they moved from that to the Xbox 360. I mean, the Red Ring of Death didn't even phase that that console's popularity uh, in the U.S. and 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 in Europe. You know, it wasn't until after the generation that actually ended uh, that PS3 actually surpassed them in worldwide sales. But the Xbox 360 was the console to have. Why? Because they pursued content, new IP. Up, to up until the point. end when they started switching to that, you know, uh, connect. connect nonsense. But for the most part, it was a, it was it was they were driving content onto the platform. But from the introduction to the launch to the switch in 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 focus with this console, with the Xbox one, it has just been one loss after another. And, you know. Okay, kudos. You, they're they're pushing their content to all these different platforms. They're they're trying to make the brand relevant by uh, foregoing the console and pushing everything to PC and mobile, all while still having the console player finance everything by paying for their online subscription. Um, I mean, it, at least to play online, and, and it, it's just. It's just, I don't know. It, it, Sony uh, really did not need to be here, did, did not need to be at E3. And, and after watching this show, it is painfully obvious why. Obvious why. And, you know, hopefully, like, I've, like I said last year and the year before that, hopefully next year will be better. You know, we'll see. They, they need to get it together. All right, let's kind of move on. Uh, we're going to talk about Bethesda next. Uh, any thoughts on Bethesda? There was a couple of games that were interesting to me, at least. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo looked kind of cool from uh, Shimei Mikami Studio, uh, Tango Gameworks. And then Deathloop, which happened to be a game from Arcane Lion, the developers of Dishonored. Lyon. Yes, Lyon. It's French, Arcane Lyon. Yes. Those two were the best. Out of all the yeah. Bethesda, like, Bethesda was a joke, y'all. That was a joke. <laughs> I think it was funny that people are accusing them of paying people to applaud their stuff. I just, everything about that just seemed bad and hokey. And even the even Todd Howard coming out there and talking about them, you know, being bad or, or like, you know, or, or even mentioning that, you know, we took your feedback. It's, it was just glad-handing. I was just, come on now. And then... All the stuff about mobile, it's like, like I play mobile games as time wasters, but man, when when like a third, well, maybe a quarter, I'd say with a quarter of your of the time you spend is on mobile games, I'm like, that's like I get it, y'all need the money, you know, you know, and and, and Bethesda kind of sold out, but damn, people, damn, this is that's this is bad. This is a bad look. For Bethesda, I don't know what right. they're doing. Like, are they are they hemorrhaging money? Do they need to do this? And then they're talking about, oh yeah, we're still working on Elder Scrolls Six and Star Forge. But look at Blades. Look at you know, <laughs> look at uh, Elder Scrolls Eternal. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, I I, I don't want to play that. Like, like for me, I play very specific mobile games. I play like you know, a skip bow variant. You know, I play card games because like I'm usually waiting for the bus. Like I don't want to play like. Ugh, I'm like, like, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening with Bethesda. I, I don't like any kind of goodwill they had is just 
like down the toilet. Like I, that was Bethesda was the worst was the worst uh, presentation for me. Again, the only two things were the things that you mentioned that that yeah. Death Loop game, which seems which seems kind of cool. I like the aesthetic of it. I thought it was I thought it was interesting that we actually have black characters. You know, people love color. You know, I hate that they're killing each other, but it's like okay, whatever. But black on black crime, right? And I was thinking, <laughs> okay, real, pop- real popular with the right wingers. But it was just, but it was just interesting, and I was just like, you know, it was very stylish. They'll and be like doing Blaze commercials. On, yeah, on. but 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 <laughs> killing them over and over again, and it's like, do you pick one and then you try to pick the other one? Is there a story? Do you have to play it twice? I don't know. I it left more questions than I, I, I got more questions than answer. But it, it's, a, it's then, a teaser trailer. Exactly. So it is then, what it is. Yeah. But but that ghost thing, the 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 ghost thingy, that was the only thing. That that seemed interesting, but I don't know because it's kind of horror esque. But uh, and then and then the this, only the only other thing that I thought was kind of cool was was um, ESO Elder Scrolls Online, the Elseworlds, Elseworlds. So every time, every now and then, I'll pop back into that. I'll play it for a while and then I put it down because that's the type of game that that is. But everything else that they showed, I was just not impressed. I was just like, this is what you're doing. This is. Like and and I was trying to be a completist to watch everything, but it was just I I I, I just would just kind of little because I, I watched on my phone, so I I tap forward every ten seconds to see if they talk about something else. But yeah, for me, Bethesda was the worst. I, I that so that's all no, I have to say about it. No Elder Scrolls Blades for your Nintendo Switch, Desmond. No, no, I don't need to do that. No, just no. It, it, it's uh, it's a wrap for them for me. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Uh, for me, at least, yeah, those two games. Um, I'm kind of curious about the Wolfenstein games. Um, could, I don't could know. Care, could, couldn't care less. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're interested in any of the Wolfenstein games or anything they showed, Kevin. I love the first Wolfenstein from beginning to end. The second one turned to garbage about halfway through, and I stopped playing it. Um, and I had that for PC, so I can't. I couldn't take my, my game back. This one, you know... I, I'm not. I'm not particularly enthused. It's I, I really it. didn't. I really didn't see anything that. I just have a feeling that'll be really cool for me with the first twenty minutes to an hour, and then it'll be just like like Wolfenstein, except Wolfenstein Two took a a longer road. It just got really prodding and un- ridiculously difficult and it was just it just became a chore just a slog yeah just to just to make progress and you know i was i i was listening i can't remember what podcast it was it was one of the uh one of the one of the 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 quote unquote uh, professional podcasts from a uh <clears throat> organization that you know that you know gets paid to give their opinion on stuff and they were saying that the difficulty has been kind of rebuffed by the fact that when you're playing with a buddy, that the buddy the, you do like these hand signs, you know, like you can throw horns to give your your buddy armor, and you can th- give thumbs up to get to pass health on to y- your buddy, and these are uh, uh, functions that are on a cooldown. So in a way, it's kind of like a way to to make up for the uh, more difficult sections of of the game, and it's just like okay, so now I got to play uh, and and have my AI character throw me 
thumbs up and 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 double horn so I can get my health and <laughs> get my health and my and my armor up. It just I don't know. Um, it's being it might be a rental at best. It's, it's being developed by another um, developer than Machine Games, which did Wolfenstein One and Two. So kind of keep that in mind. It's being developed by Arcane, which is the uh, you know Arcane's based out of France, but they also have a studio in Austin on there. I'm not sure which uh, you know whether it's Arcane France or Arcane Austin that's working on Youngblood on there, but it's it's being done by a different developer within Bethesda. So. So. It's coming out in like a couple of weeks, isn't it? Comes out uh, July 26, and they have two different packages. They have a deluxe package, I believe, for 40 bucks, and then the game. If you want to buy the game by itself, it's like uh, 30 bucks. And the thing about the deluxe package, what it does, is just kind of like that uh, that uh, a way out f- from EA that came out last year. If you buy the deluxe pack package, you have a particular code that you could give a uh, friend of yours that doesn't own the game. Uh, a way to play the game uh, co-op on there, and then you'll continuously have a code to be able to get other of your friends to play co-op with you, and have an invite to be able to go and do that. So, mm. so that's mm. something to keep in mind, and just in case, maybe you could have a friend out there that buys the game, and if you want to check out the game for free, <laughs> uh, that might be a way to go in it. On that, and also they did show some updates to Fallout 76. Uh, I think either of you two are probably not interested in that whatsoever. Nope. And I, you know, I, I give them, some, you know, at least some kudos for getting some support for that game and trying to bring it out from a turd it was at launch on there. So, and then. Uh, the never internal, should have launched in that shape to begin with. No, it never should have. No so. excuse for that. Yeah, I, I give no pass on that. Uh, Doom Eternal is interesting to me, at least. You know, I have not played through the first game all the way, so I'm definitely. I don't know if it's going to be a day one for me or not, but uh, you know, I've always enjoyed Quake and uh, other id software games, and so this is something I'll definitely keep an eye on if I could get it for like forty bucks or something around Christmas. I might give it a go on it so but i'm pretty sure you either of you two are not interested in doom right no i i played the first one and i just got bored with it and it just looks like more of the same which is fine for those who like that doom gameplay i was listening to uh i think it was giant bomb and one of the guys was was gushing over it you know like you have to do certain types of kills to get certain type of buffs and benefits as you play through and it just I'm just going from one arena to another shooting demons in the face. And, you know, maybe my 12-year-old self would find that really interesting. But there's just not enough meat on that gotcha. from what I saw. Okay. Uh, there's was a PC gaming show that PC Gamer headed up on there. I don't know if either of you two had a chance to watch that at all. I watched not. the Maneater interview. And... I was hyped with for what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I can't wait for that game to come out. I saw all the shark right. murder too, so yeah, it's yeah. just like uh, you could build up your shark on there, you evolve them from a baby shark to a, a man shark, and change his attributes depending on how you want to grow your shark on that. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I pretty much I've you know watched everything from this particular show 
on there. So there's a couple of things that kind of caught my eye. Uh, this uh, platformer running gun called Valferis uh, that's on Steam right now. They have a demo that's out, but uh, it's like you know death metal playing throughout the whole thing, and it just looked like you know just like like all just crazy. 2D uh, Contra side-scrolling action. Uh, they announced a Zombie Army 4 Dead War uh, during the show from Rebellion on there, which, you know, uh, uh, three of us, we played the Zombie Army uh, trilogy um, on the PS4, and so I definitely enjoyed what I played with that co-op with you guys, so I'm definitely interested in seeing where that progresses on that. So um, mm-hmm. Also, to uh, they had a few. They had a Conan game, which I thought was interesting because it's all just like super uh, stylized, you know, almost like if Conan was a uh, <laughs> Castle Crashers type of game. And uh, definitely, it's called Conan Chop Chop on there. But it's literally like a three, pl- four player co op game in a super artsy, super deformed art style that I thought was uh, pretty cool. And then. Uh, a game I never paid attention to before on PC. I guess this game called Chivalry that came out. That's coming out with a sequel on there. But uh, literally, it's like a, uh, a multiplayer battlefield type game. But you're um, basically running around on horses and going back and forth and lopping off limbs and heads and <laughs> everything. So so silly looking on there. And so it's uh, something that I might actually check out on PC. That this just looks. Looks like kind of like For Honor, but a lot less serious and a little bit more uh, just cartoony and just over the top on there. It's like if you're playing multiplayer Dynasty Warriors, you know, if every guy on the field was uh, actually an actual player out there, you know, playing 20 versus 20. So it just looked kind of just ridiculous on me. And it was definitely a tongue-in-cheek trailer as well. So it's something that kind of interested me during the show, but... uh, yeah, I, I saw that one too. Um, although I heard that uh, the community in there is super toxic. Oh, is it? Yeah, the, for the first one. Yeah, I can't remember what show it was that I was listening because they were talking about someone had got, someone had played the first one, and it was just racial epithets, just just a con- con- consistent barrage of nonsense. What game so. is this again? Chivalry. Uh, sh- Chivalry, yeah. Chivalry 2. Oh, I've never played any of these games. I just Yeah, they're strictly on the PC, so. Yeah, so I, I did. I, the game looks fun, but I'll, I'll probably never play it. I, don't, I ain't got time for the nonsense. Well, I didn't know about the toxicity of the first game, so I'll take a look. You know, Hopefully it does make it to console. We can kind of check it out there together. Otherwise, it might be give me a reason to fire this old PC up in Steam and check out some new stuff at least so on that uh also last but not least there was this indie game called chris tales that was shown that was super stylized and like a like kind of like a homage to chrono trigger of all games on there so so that game looked pretty cool i didn't wind up throwing it on my steam wish list on there so it's also coming out for consoles too i think there's a playstation trailer for it so it kind of caught my eye as well so Overall, I was grateful I was able to watch it later and fast forward through the stuff I didn't really care for. So, <laughs> on that, so any further thoughts you guys on PC's gaming show at all? Not for me. I saw my man eater. That's all I wanted to see. Gotcha. And you're gonna play that on PC game one if it doesn't go on console, right? Yeah. 
Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next show is Ubisoft. Ubisoft had a nice little Ubi play for 2019 on their um, show to update to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, including the Discovery Tour, like they did with Origins and the Story Creator mode. On that, uh, at least for me, the big game that kind of kind of stood out to me was. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which is the latest game in that uh, particular series on there. So it's set in London, and uh, what you have to do is you're able to go back and forth between uh, a whole troop of different players on there and uh, be able to utilize them uh, in a kind of a way to be able to go and work your way around and uh, you know try to overthrow the government in the game, the oppressive British government in the game. So... I kind of liked what I saw as far as the gameplay, as far as switching back and forth and the, the whole premise on that. It looks like it's very serious versus the last Watch Dogs. So, but uh, overall, thought it was, you know, I trust Ubisoft. I think uh, this is going to be a good single player game. And I know there's a season pass with the game along with everything else. So I'm definitely interested in it. On that, uh, they showed more Division 2 Season 1 stuff on there uh, they did announce a division movie which i don't know if that's going to be any good or not but i was like okay take it, take it from there but uh i definitely want to get back to division two and, and play more of the season pass on that and uh you know everything else i mean uh, they're announced further updates to some of their games including uh, rainbow six siege you know um for honor just dance you know it's just stuff that uh I don't really dabble with per se that roller champions game did get announced. We talked about last episode on that and you know, whether I actually play it or not, we'll see. Uh, they did in the game um, press conference was a game called uh, gods and monsters, which is set in Greek mythology. And it kind of looked like their play on uh, breath of the wild. It looked like a action adventure game, kind of like Zelda on there and kind of got my interest in that. And I think with the art style and everything, I just hope the combat's there and it's the Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey team that's developing that game. So really curious what they're going to come up with that. So that's definitely something I will check out day one. We'll see what's on there. So, but uh, any thoughts on Ubisoft, you guys, anything you saw that you liked that I didn't mention? Yeah. Watchdogs, watchdogs seemed cool. Um, I might try it. Uh, but you know, other than that, not really. You know, they they spent a lot of time on their uh, Ghost Recon and all that stuff. And like Tom Clancy, that was just like, Jesus, you know, why so much? It's like, I get it. That's your franchise. But damn, you know, yeah, how many iterations can we get? But I was that like, dog was cool. Huh? That dog was cool. John Bern, Bernthal's dog. Oh. Was out on stage with him, so and yeah, that was kind of cool. they they actually asked whose dog it was, and he said that's like that's his dog, and he pretty much goes everywhere with that dog. So and he um, very uh, in the forefront to talk about uh, about pit bulls and that you know people kind of give pit bulls a bad rep on there. So he's definitely animal lover for sure. Cool. So yeah, but I mean it's just stuff about the division. I mean that was good, and then and then uh, watch dogs. So. But nothing more, you know. It's just kind of like yeah, okay. it's kind of a transitional thing with Ubisoft this year. You know, no Prince of Persia, no Splinter Cell, like everyone was expecting. You know, no new titles you know, above and beyond. You know, no Beyond Good and Evil two. They announced prior to 
E3 that day and they weren't going to have any updates on the game on stage either. So at least they're in the forefront. That's going to be for next gen, I'm assuming. So how about you, Kevin? Anything from Ubisoft that caught your eye or pretty much is like meh? Yeah, it's kind of kind of meh. I mean, I I kind of took a second look at that. Uh, what was it? Gods and Monsters. Yeah, Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Uh, that's a maybe. Um, put it Watch Dogs. I was not a fan of the first one at all. Never played the second one. I keep hearing good things about it. I just never had a desire to play it. Um, this one. For what they're trying to do, it sounds good in concept, but I just wonder how all those NPCs are going to have any kind of um, uh, story or background that is actually going to coalesce into an overall story that makes any kind of sense. Um, So I don't know. Uh, That is probably going to be like a Black Friday, if I can get it on Black Friday, super cheap type of thing, if at all, uh, depends on what I'm playing. So I really didn't see a whole lot from Ubisoft uh, that spoke to me in any kind of way. Ryan, did either of you two get a chance to watch the kind of funny indie showcase that they had? I watched it. I did not. Okay. I thought it was kind of funny. I watched it because it like I'm in San Francisco, so it's kind of funny looking at the areas that they went to. You know, there's a lot of indie showcases, just a lot of indie games. About probably about like a quarter of them were the ones that I was that I thought were kind of cool. The rest of them were not bad, but I, I I really enjoy what they're doing, and I'm glad that they are a part of E3. I am too. I mean, they did this uh, during I think uh, the Game Awards last year uh, during when PSX was supposed to be in that window and they decided to just go and throw something up and uh, there's a few games uh, during the showcase that kind of caught my eye I don't know if you have any names of games that caught your eye Desmond or not No. gotcha yeah I'd definitely say to check it out uh, there was a few um, beat em up games there's one called uh, Hamsterdam Pause of Justice with a uh, Kung Fu Panda on there look cute on there's a hamster so. though it's Kung Fu Hamster Kung Fu Hamster, you got it. What yeah. was that one, Freedom Finger? That one was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. It's like a um, a musical um, side-scrolling shooter with a, a shooting finger, basically. That with a middle finger that's States. flipping you off, and then you can <laughs> grab stuff and like use it to shoot people, or you can throw it at people. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. They had one particular game called uh, Blood Roots on there that might be up your alley because uh, up your alley kevin because it's a action game that basically shows a lot of uh, melee action with it and definitely it's an indie styled game but definitely something that might be in your wheelhouse being in the ninja gaiden you know devil might cry kind of uh influence at least from that so something you might want to check out and then there are some uh 2d inspired games like you know 16-bit games that you know usually you know caught my eye on there there's this uh one game called trigger witch which is a 2d twin stick action game on there where i thought it was funny that they basically the whole premise is that magic's mundane in the world but uh, here's this witch with guns there and they're shooting things left and right on there so and then a couple of 16-bit um influenced titles included a game called uh Renane on there, which is a you know, 2D side-scrolling platformer, caught my eye. And then uh, they had a particular game uh, called 
Let's see here. <laughs> Brave Earth Prologue. That looked pretty awesome on there. It looks like it was inspired by Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden a little bit on there. Definitely put down my Steam wish list. And then there, there's this other game called uh, Astalon Tears of the Earth on there that definitely looked like uh, it was influenced like, you know, like old school 8-bit uh, super, uh, or not super, but NES uh, action RPGs. Kind of remind me a little bit of something like, uh, dare I say, uh, like Faxanadu or something along those lines on there. So. And then they had a beat-em-up game, Kevin, called Treachery and Beatdown City that kind of looked a little bit, uh, had some roots with uh, River City Ransom, but uh, some other games as well. Look like it had some renegade aspects to it, of all things. So, okay. so definitely something that caught my eye. They also did announce Castle Storm Actually, actually real quick, that, that Renegades game, I actually thought about Kevin too about it because it was a beat-em-up, but it looked really weird. It had an interesting art style, even though it was a, a, an 8-bit game. So, yeah, it's called Treachery and Beatdown City. It's it's on Steam. It's like it's going to come out in Steam first mm-hmm. on there. But I did throw it on my Steam wish list on there. So, but uh, you know, it looks like there was something. Uh, the whole premise: the U.S. President Blake Orama is kidnapped on there <laughs> by Ninja Dragon terrorists on there, and then so there's bad dudes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the game's been around. I mean, I was looking uh, online right now, and there's like a hands-on from like, Kotaku f- from back in 2013. So it's been in the works for a while on there. So, hmm. but it was developed by one guy on there. So, so it looks like it's ready to come out finally. So. Like, uh, the male protagonist looks like a uh, kind of fat uh, Jake the Snake, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely 16-bit style. I mean, not 8-bit style on there looking at it, so it's just, just interesting on there. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on, on it. And if it does come out, <laughs> it's coming out for uh, Switch and PC uh, on there, but it's going to be... Um, possibly coming out on ps4 and xbox one in the future but it will be definitely out for both pc and switch so i'll I'll keep you in the loop kevin once it does come out so yeah that might be a switch get all right so next thing was square enix um, and uh, they showed quite a few interesting games so i don't know if you guys want to lead off on there um you know the big bomb at the end was the Avengers game on there, which is coming out from Crystal Dynamics on there. And so I'm kind of iffy about it right now. And uh, I don't know if you got, if you had an opportunity to see the trailer out there, our listeners on there, they decided to pursue this as a separate universe than the movie or the comic book universes. So they want this uh, particular game to be a separate uh, storyline, like a separate universe from either of the two on there. And, and, uh, I know a lot of people were kind of taken aback because, you know, they don't look like the movie Avengers. It doesn't look like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and the whole lot and kind of looked off-putting on there. I know someone had a still from the Avengers trailer and, and showed a, a, a still from Spaceballs. <laughs> <was showing. laughs> the, you know, basically it looks like Captain America looks like one of the characters from Spaceballs because they look kind of fat. <laughs> In the vendor, <laughs> at least you know, not as muscular on there. So, and Desmond, I know out of all of us, you probably uh, 
have most enthusiasm for the Avengers game. So uh, what was your thoughts on it? I mean, (laughs) wow. Um, As a, as a comic book reader and long time, you know, um, comic book reader, part of me is excited to get an Avengers game. Number one, number one, hands down. I'm excited. I want to play it. I want to see what it's like. Um, number one, I'm excited for an Avengers game. I'm not going to, you know, change my mind on that. I'm excited for that. I want to play it. However, <laughs> uh, those criticisms are, 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 are rooted, um, in, 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 in like that. They, they, they make a lot of sense because they, some of those folks do look kind of bad. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, there was another one that I saw that Scarlet Witch looks like Damon Wayne's or Marlon Wayne's from White Chicks, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit! So, yeah, some of them, some of them, I don't know what they were doing or who decided to go that route or that art style, but yeah, Captain, Captain America looked a little chub chub like know. John Goodman. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, you know, and it just looks hella bright. It just looks, I don't know. Like I really, I, I keep saying, I don't know because, because I don't, we didn't really, I mean, I don't think we saw gameplay, so I have no idea what, we didn't see a gameplay. We just saw a trailer. So I don't, I don't know what to expect from it. Um, I, I am sad that it is a, it is a games with service, meaning they're going to download a whole bunch of stuff and having, having, I think the saddest thing about it, the saddest thing about the whole situation is is we have games in the past uh, from licensed franchises that have been exceptional. Batman, the Batman Arkham series was great. Um, And then you have Spider-Man, and you're just like, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man was just like damn near perfect representation of how you do a franchise right. And then you then 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 y'all come, you know, Square Enix, one of the biggest video game companies, and and you bring us this, yeah. <clears throat> like you 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 literally are promising a a feast, and you show up with some Taco Bell. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. So so on one hand, the littler hand, I'm I'm excited that we're getting a game. I'm excited that it is a uh, an original story i think that's fine it doesn't need to be that because that's one of the things that always annoyed me about naruto is naruto was the naruto games is they were just derivatives of of the anime and 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 it, it literally you were just playing the anime i didn't like that like i wanted more originality in that so the fact that it is an original story fine i like that that's great it's just it's just how it's gonna play out and and what is it going to be like? Like, is it going to be like Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Like, are we going to be running around with like three other AI controlled Avengers? You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know how it's going to be. So I really just need to see gameplay. Um, I need to see more. I thought it was cool, you know, that I guess, you know, the Avengers are stupid because they got... Like Taskmaster was there, and I guess he blew up something that blew up San Francisco. Why is always San Francisco getting messed up? I don't. <laughs> like I always thought that was really horrible, you know. In every in every comic book, you know, adaption, San Francisco's got to get messed up in some way. I don't know, but anyway, 
Here's some meta commentary. Folks don't like San Francisco. Or, um, but I don't know. I, 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 just, I just at this point, I just need to see gameplay. You know, okay. and and but but those character models. Oof, that's yeah. <laughs> that 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 leaves a lot to be desired. So what uh, about they, they they said that the game's supposed to be told over multiple years, so that they're releasing content for multiple years. I don't know how you feel about that. My, I, that that's what I mean. It's like it's it's a service. They're releasing content, and they're supposed to be introducing other Avengers. So part of me is kind of cool with that, but another part of me is just like, I wonder how much this is going to be. Like, is this another version of Destiny? It's like, mm. you know, it's like. I, like I don't know. Like I, I, I they said every new character and maps added to the game will be free, and there's going to be no random loot boxes or pay to win. No, scenarios. no, I, I get so. all that. I get all that, Joe, and that's great. Yeah, that's great for a roadmap, but that that stuff only lasts for a year, and then you got to re up. You know, yep. you got to re up, and then all that stuff is going to either go the way of the dodo, or you just can't do it anymore. So I don't. You can't use that stuff anymore. I don't know. I really, I just really hope that it's not going to be some you know, really bad thing. So, yeah, but, 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 I, but, but I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm still excited just to play it, you know, because I honestly think that I could get over that art style. If, if the narrative and the gameplay is tight, that that's what I want. If it's, if, if, if it's good and I can sink my teeth into it, fine, let's do this. I'm in for it. But if it's derivative or if it's, you know, boring, uh, I'm, 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 I, that, I, I'm 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 interested, but I and I'm curious, but I am cautious. This ain't yeah. no Spider Man, folks. This is not Spider Man no. at this point, and and that's what makes me sad. What about you, Kev? You got anything about this? I like you. I need to see more gameplay. Yeah. I think I saw what could be considered uh, extremely brief. Uh, flashes of gameplay uh specifically iron man but there was definitely like nothing that i could make a an informed decision about yeah with regards to this game kind of like you those uh character models were kind of i'm kind of like huh Mm, yeah uh those character models kind of knocked me for a loop not because they weren't the actors from the movies but because they just didn't look all that good exactly exactly uh, had nothing to do with them not being the folks for the movie, uh, and when you start talking about oh we've got this all this all encompassing content and we've got this we've got that it it kind of sounds like you know World of Warcraft you know super simple melee mechanics you're just gonna punch stuff till it falls over and you know go on to the next scene the next scene and you know there's your season you just wait for the next season to drop uh, uh there were some gameplay impressions online i read today uh, mm-hmm. from pcgamer.com mm-hmm. and it said that the combat at least for captain america reminded them of arkham combat but they had no discernible use of counterattacks because they were just fighting generic enemies Mm-hmm. on there so they also mentioned that the uh, thor combat with the hammer kind of reminded them a little bit of the axe from god of war on ps4 on there um but they were kind of taken aback uh that there is qtes in the game so hmm. on with there. a mul- so, multiplayer game 
There's QTEs in this game. Yeah, they said that the, the uh, this is a quote from the uh, article. The QTEs are underwhelming in this demo and make it look like some of the most exciting moments are happening away from the actual in-game action mm. on there. So towards the end of this level, Black Widow fights the Marvel villain Taskmaster in a multi-part mm-hmm. boss battle. At one point, Natasha grabs onto her opponent while he's flying his jetpack over a nearly destroyed Golden Gate Bridge. A QTE prompt lets her punch him mid-flight over and over again, but it's more of a drag than a dramatic peak on there. Uh, the head of the Crystal Dynamics, the studio, says, points out um, when they asked why they added QTEs to the game, uh, they said that Avengers is meant to be played by everyone. For us, this audience is so broad, this is, is just isn't some hardcore gamer's game. Matching button prompts to specific actions is meant to remind players of controls in a natural way, too. It's a way for us to integrate QTEs in a kind of tutorialized way. There are also semantic, cinematic moments. We want to make sure to land from a narrative perspective. So there might be a point where we just use them just to give that moment to players to get the best experience on the narrative side. So mm. that's what it said about the QTEs on that. So. Skeptical, y'all. Skeptical. Very skeptical. <laughs> don't trust it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, more statements said that um, that they have a long term vision for the game: more characters, more levels, and more story over multiple years, all without any extra charge on there. Um, so they want to keep feeding that audience new heroes, new stories, new places to explore. This is multiple years of new stories and new evolutions of these superheroes on there. So, Well, again, if they keep it all for free, you know, and, and they get little visual upgrades here and there, maybe. But, again, stick by your word, y'all. So, but I don't know. We'll see. What about you, Joe? You okay with it? Uh, I am going to take a wait-and-see attitude on this. I don't think I'm going to buy this day one, so. I don't know. I I'm, I I can't at this point. I I it's too early to be a to be a a day one buy for me. It was at the beginning because I was like, ooh 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 yeah, Avengers finally finally finally. But then seeing this, I'm like, ooh, brakes, pump them, brakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking they're thinking. Okay, we need to appease this game for um, a multitude of type of players. I say make the game you want to make and let yes. the players yeah. mold themselves into learn this game and the. the create compelling con- content as opposed to just saying you're going to make these grilled cheese sandwiches for everyone to eat and you got to make it palatable for everyone. That's know? Disney. But, That's Disney yeah. right there. That is Disney. That is some Disney bullshit right there. That is some that is some we got to appease our overlords because you know we ain't getting this we ain't getting this um this uh kingdom hearts out fast enough so y'all need to you know get us something so no this is the, this is that deal with disney and everything trying to make it as trying to make it as you know uh digestible as possible for the masses so that that's what i believe it is yeah because i mean it's, it's probably that and, and it's probably a lot of the gamers too these are the same folks that say well uh, sekiro needs an easy mode <laughs> no it doesn't it's that's not funny. for you that's funny yeah, you know everything has to be catered to the lowest common denominator. You know, with, in the gaming space, which means that the product just is never as good as it originally could have been. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I'll, I'll, I'll see. But after hearing all that, I'm, I'm yeah. more on the negative side than the positive. 
Oh, I'm taking a wait and see attitude, and it's not like uh, like we talked about earlier with Star Wars game. It's like this Avenger game is going to come out, and there's going to be ability to rent the game. You'll probably be able to pick the game up for free if oh, not free, but cheaper. I'm going like, to you know, buy it. Definitely going to buy it. I mean, I just gotcha. I'm, I'm too long of I'm too long a fan to not buy it. So I just, gotcha. I just really praying. Please be good. All That's right. All I can say. And one thing they started the. Square Enix press conference with is uh, they started with gameplay from Final Fantasy VII Remake on that and so uh, what they showed was kind of they showed gameplay it's like oh it was a first for any of these press conferences they actually took time to introduce the game showed different gameplay elements showed, showed actually how the too. game played I know I, I was enthused very surprised so, so the game does have a date March 3rd 2020 on there, the game is coming out exclusively for PS4. It's going to be on two Blu-ray discs. So, on that, it's kind of surprised it's so chunky on there. But uh, I know some people have said that the combat reminded them a little bit of Final Fantasy 15 a bit. I know you probably could comment a little bit more on that, Kevin, in that aspect. So, yeah, I I've, I thoroughly enjoyed 15. And it was poo-pooed by a lot of people, but I absolutely enjoyed the mechanics in it. Um, I like the fact that, and, and the, the one of the neat things about 15 is that it kind of lets you slide into just regular melee into targeted uh, melee where you could actually target a part of a boss or an enemy's weak point, uh, kind of almost like going into like where, where the time would really slow down or practically stop and it would activate this little meter at the bottom. Then you can make your selection of where you wanted to attack, what you wanted to do at that point, then continue with the real-time uh, gameplay and still be in control. That was the thing that really knocked me out about it is that you never lose control of the character or characters that you're playing. Because you can literally control the whole party by switching from that mode from one from one character to another, and I thought that was what was so ingenious about Fifteen. So yeah, I, I saw that gameplay, and I'm like, man. And I'm grateful they actually didn't try to just remake the uh, game as far as the combat, the uh, turn-based combat from the original game back. 1997 when it originally came out for ps1 mm-hmm. on there because you know this is a remake you know they're gonna have to revitalize the game a bit to what they feel um what the game should be i mean the game's been released on so many different platforms it's available for download on ps4 now that i thinking you could literally if you want to play the original play the original go play it on playstation classic go play the game on ps4 you know uh, I, th- I think they did a good job as far as uh, making the decide to revitalize the game and by redoing the combat, the action RPG styled combat versus the straight turn based. Um, yeah. One one thing I just don't like about that this this thing is still episodic and still they are not knowing right now how many versions of Final Fantasy VII are going ultimately going to be released. Uh, tell the full story of the game on there. So I wish they would have a roadmap of some sort to say, okay, we're going to have two releases, you know, or three releases where we don't know yet. Obviously this is probably going to kick to the next generation at some point 
as well. So I just hope that they keep the cadence at this point uh, since they got momentum now to get this uh, coming out on a regular basis at least mm-hmm. on that. So what game again? Final Fantasy Seven uh, Remake. Yeah. See, I asked you that again because they keep bringing this game up over and over and over again. People keep forgetting about it and then it pops back up. They forget about it. It keeps popping back up. I think this is the first first time that they finally showed something that got people excited like genuinely excited i mean i was very surprised at how much time they spent upon it i i am sad that it's uh, that it's episodic but having two blu-rays i mean i don't like like i mean it was the game like is the game super long or something i don't know i'm just i'm just really kind of like i don't know like i i I really hope people buy this game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, out of out of out of all the stuff that they've been doing for it, you know, I well, really hope that they do. Uh, they they ditched development of this game, Desmond. I don't know if you knew, but uh, when they originally announced it, uh, they got uh, Cyber Cyber Connect too yeah. to work on it, and they literally um, at some point, a couple they of years down them. the road, they yanked them. Yeah, man. I know they, that they, they they yanked them away and gave it to someone else, and they basically uh, took the game and they developed it internally. Yeah. At that point, and I believe it was like sitting on the back burner while they were working on getting Kingdom Hearts three and the rest of Final Fantasy fifteen out. You know, so something that they announced as the Megaton during that one particular PlayStation E three conference on there, along with Shenmue three on there as well, just finally coming out this year as well. So, so uh, another thing they did announce was a remastered version of Final Fantasy eight. On there, it looks like yeah, they were always joking that every other game got announced for a remaster or re-release except for 8. So that's going to be out later this year for PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, I saw some side-by-sides as far as comparisons of the original and then the PC version. And it's definitely been upgraded as far as the art and whatnot. So so we'll have to see when that comes out. I don't know if any of you two have affinity towards 8 at all or not. Yep. I, I thought I, I never I, played it. I played it, almost beat it. Uh, great game, great game. I, I I think I was reading, I was watching something a YouTuber, uh, and they're talking about how it is. They consider it to be the black sheep of the family because it came off the heels of seven, and seven was so like you know critically acclaimed and lauded over that eight kind of was just like Ooh, you know, but lost in the shadow. Yeah, I, a little I, bit. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was good. You know. Um, in some instances, I thought it was a little bit better than than seven. I know that's blasphemy, but I I just I just only enjoyed seven. I I, I thought seven was kind of cool, but I was just like okay, you know. So I I don't get the I don't get the you know all the fan service, but I guess it was the first like Final Fantasy that was like in three D, and it was just like oh my god, and everyone was loving it. But anyway, I, I digress. But I I liked I, I thought seven just or sorry eight, eight moved forward moved it forward. You know, and it looked great how it went from the um, the cutscenes into, into the into dynamic real time. Uh, y- you know, I, I really just enjoyed playing it. So, so for it to be have a remaster it looks great. I wish the remaster was a little bit stronger. I don't know. For some reason, it seems like you know they remade well, they remade uh, the last one. What was the last one they remade? I can't remember the name of it. Twelve. Um, yeah, it was like they remade twelve, and twelve looked great re- remastered. But I don't know. This this looks a little. It, it it looks like it they didn't, they didn't give it enough justice, you know, and I think yeah. some I don't know so something about it it just doesn't look like a remake, you know. So. Yeah, they're they're going off of PS1 assets versus PS2 assets. It's the main thing, and Final Fantasy XII was 
really late in the PS2 life cycle. That's true. Yep, so, so it got that so. it got that extra stuff, that extra love. But but again, I I love I loved eight, and I played it. You know, again, almost almost to completion. I thought it was great. So I might actually pick it up and play it again. Um, I, I I'm gonna pick it up too because I only like played I believe the first like couple hours of it when it originally came out. So so I didn't give it its true. I only got to played the first disc and then damn game on PS <laughs> one had four discs altogether. That's how chunky it was. So <laughs> so we'll definitely looking forward to that. Also, they announced a, a game called Outriders, which is being worked on by uh, people can fly. On that, it's coming out summer 2020. Uh, all the footage they show is all just CG on there. I was scouring the net looking for any gameplay um, reveals or anything like that, but it's just an announcement trailer on that. But uh, it's going to be the three-player cooperative shooter. That I know they mentioned loot in there, uh, and it's looking up my wheelhouse a bit. Uh, they call it, quote-unquote, a journey across a dark and desperate sci-fi world in search of the source of mysterious signal. On there, it looks like you're able to create your own character and go in and jump in and jump out with this game. So I'm just kind of curious about the gameplay on it. You know, it's by the maker of Bulletstorm and Gears of War Judgment. So, I mean, I know that's probably the weakest Gears of the four so far, five so far. I know that you didn't like Judgment at all, Kevin, right? I didn't care for it, no. Mm. Yeah. I, I liked Bulletstorm, but uh, Judgment never played it so but i'm still kind of curious about this game i kind of like the art style it has a like kind of a grungy dirty sci-fi look to it so funny um, thing about bulletstorm i beat that in one afternoon <laughs> what'd you think of that i liked it thought it was fun um that's what yeah. i'm kind of like i mean i might i don't know i don't know yeah we'll have to see and then there's some other final fantasy announcements of course because it's square enix so they are doing a Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition is coming out on mobile phones and Switch and PS4 on there. Um, they also announced a uh, version of Last Remnant Remastered that came out for the Switch day and date. Announced that at the show, and then uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is getting DLC on that. So if you're interested in that, definitely keep a look on that. Uh, if you're interested in buying Kingdom Hearts, you can take a look. It's uh, gotten a price reduction. I know it's down to like 30 bucks. Uh, Kevin, I know you you were mentioning before. I know I remember you saying that you were thinking about checking out the game at some point. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll keep I'll keep an eye out for it, and and I I don't know. I, I it 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 all depends. I I don't know this, this whole. Well, we'll get we'll 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 get to the to the other parts of the show <laughs> later on. But yeah. It, this this whole E3 up until this point has just kind of got me in like this. I just kind of feel like I'm not seeing a whole lot. This 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 gen is not really ending very strong, except for a few bright spots, and we already covered one. We're going to cover the other one in a little bit. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Nintendo next to kind of. Uh the dessert and the dollop of cream and the cherry on top on this so yeah nintendo direct happened yesterday on there uh they did start out 
believe talking about the the uh, Dragon Quest uh, DLC as far as introduction of the hero character to Smash. I know a lot of people online were not happy with that because they don't know Dragon Quest. All the Smash players are kind of talking crap online, but ultimately at the end of the direct they announced banjo kazooie for smash and so everyone was like okay like wiping their brow like you know saying that they enjoyed banjo kazooie being introduced to smash so and me being a big dragon quest fan i say poo poo to all those people out there it just seems like a lot of the smash players probably n64 was their first console maybe gamecube and that's their forte with all these nintendo characters on that so so I think uh, adding Dragon Quest is uh, a kudo to the Japanese fans, of course, on that. So uh, also other things that were shown uh, by Nintendo, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon made its appearance on that. Uh, it's been delayed to March 20th of 2020. So add all those two zero two zeros together. I know they mentioned in the I was watching the Treehouse lives. Um, live stream and they mentioned the fact that they pushed the game back almost in a way so they they didn't have to overwork the developers the uh, development team in-house because they could have tried to push it out to where they got it out before christmas uh but they wanted to give them a little bit more time to develop the game and they said they actually wanted to be a little bit more kind to them that they didn't want to push them to do a bunch of crunch and to get the game out so this is animal crossing right Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I've never played Animal Crossing game, but I know it's a beloved franchise. So yeah. if you play Animal Crossing out there, listeners, uh, let me know which one, or let us know which one has been your favorite so far. You know, because if if I was to play an Animal Crossing one, which one do you think is a good one to play? Because I'm like, I know it's kind of a life sim sort of type of game, but <clears throat> I'm just kind of wondering, like, like which one? You know, and it, I think it's kind of cool because I know they have mostly been for for the DS, so having one on the Switch, which is, is, I know people are like, you know, chomping at the bit for it, so. Well, yeah, it started out on N64 in Japan and then moved over to GameCube and then eventually it was uh, on the uh, handheld platforms for a bit mm. on there, so and I believe there's one on the Wii, too. Mm. But, uh, I don't know if you like games like Harvest Moon or, uh, like, Starview Valley, but it's kind of in that same genre on there where you know you're tending to your crops you're like you know uh, i know this game doesn't have a romance aspect to it but i know from watching my ex-wife play animal crossing a bit uh, there's like some crafting involved you can make your own like clothing on there mm. if you wanted to uh, go out there and like you know uh, farm and get a bunch chop a bunch of trees down grab a bunch of uh, bells and uh, random fruit on there and you're basically trying to pay off tom nook just like this evil rent landlord guy that's just charging up the up the EA for your rent in the game. So there's certain characters. I mean, this is like it does have its characters in the game. So I was told too the you, you could check out Animal Crossing on your phone. I don't know if you're desperate to check it out, but that is free to play. So hmm. that yeah. might be something to you to get a little taste at least. So maybe. Yeah. Also, they show quite a bit of Link's Awakening on there, a remake of that classic Game Boy game on there. It's coming out on September 20th. Which game? Um, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Oh, wow. Like, I have some thoughts about that. What's your thoughts? Uh, that they could 
please, 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 please give us a new IP. <laughs> I mean, stop going to the well, y'all. I mean, it looks good. I'll probably end up playing it. But please, Nintendo, give us a new IP. Please, please stop stop giving us, you know. I know and please if you if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But I sorry, I need something different. You know, I need just please enough with the link games. Enough. And then they, they and then they announced that Breath of the Wild 2 was coming and I'm like, "Okay, fine. You know, just just please, please, please give us something new." That's all I can say, you know. And again, the game looks great. I'm sure it's going to be super fun. It's a derivative of the original. It's what it looks like because of that top-down th- uh, three sort of pseudo 3D, you know, um, with the shading and everything. I'm like, great. Technology looks great. You know, you're really pushing your engine and looks fantastic. But it's still Zelda. Like, come on, please do something new. <clears throat> That's all. That's all I have to say about that game. I'll end up buying it. I'll probably play it. But jeez, please. That's it. I know other people are like, oh my god, this is so cool. It looks and that's so great. Fine. Like that's fine. Like I, I more power to them. More power to them if 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 this, you know, just made you cream your shorts, whatever. But I just <laughs> for me, I just need something new from Nintendo. They have the ability to do it. You know, they they have the ability to, to, to make great games. We've seen it. They, you I know, know. But can we just get something different? Please. Uh, they do have some new IP that uh, that's coming out this year, but it's all done by you know th- other developers on that. Um, Astral Chain was shown in the direct. Um, that's from Platinum Games, and I've been watching some of that footage on the Treehouse Live on there, and it looks pretty damn cool action game on there. So no, no, so, no I'm talking about Nintendo specifically. Nintendo I know, proper, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know I, I can't take another Mario game. I can't take another Zelda game. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm begging you, you know. Uh, the only thing, the only thing about the Nintendo Direct that I that I actually enjoyed, to be completely honest, was Pokemon. You know, and even that, and even that was kind of marred in in some craziness in the fact that you won't be able to find all the Pokemon. <laughs> you know, you know, you heard about that, right, Joe? No, I did not hear about that. Yeah. So supposedly, um, but pissed off a lot of people during one of the tree houses is they said that not all of the Pokemon will be available in the new game. Um, so each game, I guess what happened, and this is from, um, Tokyo Saurus is one of the persons is one of the people that, that I, that I watch uh, a lot. I watch his content. He's a really good YouTuber. Um, and he was talking about like, what is some of the, so I guess one of the creators of Pokemon, uh, sword and shield was there and they had a translator and basically the translator, you know, said, you know, unfortunately, I guess the question was asked about having. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the question was asked, you know, will, how many Pokemon will, will be there, you know, and will the old school Pokemon? And I guess he said, you know, he said a whole bunch of stuff. The the the, the Japanese spoke in, Jap- in Japanese and said a whole bunch of stuff. And the guy basically broke it down as to like, you know, you know, there's only going to be a certain amount of Pokemon um, in the game, so you will not have the all the other generations in the game. But when you break it down more for, for what the what the, what the actual creator said was that, um, and he he left it up to interpretation. But I believe that this is why they're not going to have the whole roster of Pokemon. They're only going to have select few Pokemon 
in each of the new games that is specific or more uh, specific to the story and the narrative that they're trying to tell. Um, so if we go to another island and it's like a it's like a haunted island or, or a haunted region or some whatever derivative, um, they're only going to have uh, Pokemon that would that would you know be native to that region that supports the narrative of that story and of the history of that region. You understand and. And the and so this guy you know that I was, that I was listening to and what other people I, I I guess assumed was that the reason why they're doing this is because it would take too long to put over six hundred plus I must think it's six hundred plus now Pokemon into the game proper they, they, it just it takes too long to do that and so they're only taking selected ones in order so that way they can churn out more Pokemon games more often is what it comes down to. Because they're they're working with the new software, it's it's going to be for the Switch, not for the DS anymore, and it's just a lot more stuff they have to do, um, which I can understand. You know, if you know, the, we usually would get a Pokemon once every year, year and a half, and they wouldn't. It seems like they weren't able to keep up with that, um, with, with that timetable doing every Pokemon. But what pissed people off is they just created this Pokemon Bank system. On, yeah. online where you can put all the pokemon from any other game that you that you that you collected um and then put it into the new game well that kind of flies in the face of that service because if you really like a pokemon and it's not featured in the game you can't transfer it over which makes me think that okay they basically wanted you to store all your pokemon in there for possibly when new game. a new More game. games come out exactly yeah. so that's why i was like okay you know i kind of get it like they're, they're being much more they're, they're giving you a much more curated experience with the type of pokemon that you're going to see and because now it looks like the pokemon actually just walk around now there are there's there's no like running in the tree running in the in the in the tall grass to catch a pokemon like they're, they're they're like walking around and you can run up to them and fight them i guess i don't know i mean I, I, yeah they said that some pokemon i was watching some of the live stream yeah. you do have to approach them cautiously or they run away yeah so um, i'm like but, but that's but that's the new interface and so so part of me was kind of like okay i mean that's but i guess some people were pissed off about that for me personally it's like i that's probably what they're gonna have to do you know i mean i and i i mean I, that's just the nature of the beast they have a they have a production schedule i just hope it doesn't dumb down the um the narrative of the story because i actually like the pokemon stories they're all derivative but i think they're kind of fun you know, yeah. I mean, did you see uh, there was this meme that someone put up and, you know, there was a meme and it was um, this two that I saw. It was hilarious. And there was this one. It was a picture of uh, it was a it was a comic strip and it was a guy and it's like Nintendo headquarters. And, and there's two people's like, Who, well, what are these legendary Pokemon going to look like? And, and the bottom corner, like in the in the panel, you see this dog kind of running around, looking around. And then the dog kind of walks off panel and the guy turns around. It's like, oh, my God, I've got it. And you see the panel of the dog and the dog went and picked up a butter knife in his mouth. <laughs> like, there you go. We have it. I thought that was just hilarious. And there was a, and there was another one. Uh, and it was the two. It was the two legendary Pokemon. And they're like. Have you seen the Have you seen the third legendary Pokemon? And the other one said, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Don't we usually come in threes? And he's like, "Oh my God, here he is!" And he turn around and it's a they turn around and it's a panel and it's a it's this drawing of this dog with like guns taped on its head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like so. Yes, is is Pokemon kind of getting a little long in its tooth? Yes, but isn't but it's a franchise beloved franchise that's been going forever. I mean, people were like, the the big thing now is we have giant. You know, kaiju-sized Pokemon that fight against each other. That—that's the Dynasize or whatever. Dynam. 
Dynam- was it Dynamax? Dynamax size. I think that's what it's called. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's like, I'm just going to play the game. I'm going to run around. I'm going to collect all the same Pokemon again or a couple of new ones. And I'm going to fight the, you know, the, 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 the Magnificent Five or whatever they're called. And then I'm going to be the Pokemon champion. That's the loop, people. You know, either get on board <laughs> or stop buying them. The final four. Oh, the final four. Whatever they're called. Dude. Whatever. But that's, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's what you do. Period. I, I, if they were smart about it, they would just basically make this as a games as a service and release no, this Pokemon that, game. That is a bad word. That is a bad word. Games as a service is a bad word. <laughs> I yeah, I think someone would pay like a like Destiny like a season pass to be able to go and extend the story, new regions to go to, new storylines, you know, uh, bring in new Pokemon, uh, and kind of do it that way where they have the time to do the art for the full pokedex at some point they could you know drop feed uh future future pokemon in there and kind of do it that way i know that they're always wanting to do their two skews and every couple of years bring on a new game but uh it would make more sense to you know basically keep one game but you know they're going to make my more money by releasing separate games eventually so yeah, I mean, it's a day one purchase for me, so that's all I have to say. It's a day one for me, too. I think you're interested in it, too, right, Kevin? Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Uh, it's uh, surprising. I've, I've never cared about Pokemon anything uh, in my life. And when I first saw what they were doing with uh, Sword and Shield, I don't know what it was. It was just, I was like, you know, that that, that that's kind of lit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks kind of interesting. Uh, Which one are you gonna get, sword or shield? I have no idea. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm getting shield. So I just, okay, I, I'm, get, I, I'm getting sword. Then. That's what we normally do. We usually yeah. get one of each. That way we can trade each other. So whatever you get, Kev, is cool, totally cool because there's there's usually like five or six Pokemon that is exclusive to each each game, and that's how that's the big thing about trading. I wonder how trading is gonna be now that now that it's on the Switch. You know, that'll be. I'll get whichever one Incineroar is on. If he's even <laughs> if he's even in the game, he might not even be in the game, Kevin. Yeah, he so. might not be. Yeah. Yeah, you got I that. You know. got that fire rabbit. <laughs> that fire rabbit thing. <laughs> got that fire. Well, that was so cute though, because in like each each of them were holding the starter Pokemon, so you saw the fire rabbit and that weird toad thing, and I don't know. Mm. So, any so. other games you're excited about for Nintendo? Oh. I know, Kevin, you're excited about Luigi's Mansion 3, right? Well, yeah, and that was another surprise for me. Luigi's Mansion, I'd, you know, I'd seen the games before, really had no no interest in them. Uh, but seeing the, that gameplay, how you have to catch them, you know, almost like you, you have to reel them in and slam them on the ground to capture the ghosts. And you have to attack different types of ghosts in different ways. Uh, the actual action mechanics really looked like a lot of fun yeah and even the puzzle solving parts where you have to activate goo luigi or luigi goo whatever they called him that green gooigi ectoplasmic yeah Yeah, gooigi the ectoplasmic character and you know walk over spikes and you know stay away from water and whatnot because he dissolves um i thought that was really really interesting gameplay so Luigi's Mansion will be a will be a buy. Uh, Diamond X Machina 
really big improvement over what was what the demo was. I never played the demo, but I watched some gameplay footage on YouTube, and it didn't excite me at all. But what they showed of Diamond X Machina got me kind of hyped for it. Yeah, so me too. I want to get that again. Yeah, and, too. of course, Astral Chain. Yeah, I'm definitely Astral Chain, kind of a highlight. Uh, Damon X Machina is for me as well. Reluctantly, I am going to buy Dragon Quest XI-S on there, even though I own it on PS4. I'll probably end there. up buying it too. I mean, it's it's. I, I will probably end up buying it too. I will end up uh, buying Luigi 3, because Paul, probably, probably for Paul, because Paul played the, the last two. He's played all of them and has loved all of them. So we're probably going to end up getting that one, and I, I might end up playing that one as well. But... Um, and then the that mech game looks looks. I I thought it was great. I haven't played a really stand up mech game in a very long time, so I was excited for it. Yeah, and I was watching some footage of the multi, there's multiplayer within. They're going to be uh, bringing out future content for the game after release too, kind of like in the same way they were doing with Splatoon two and other games uh, that they've released. So they do have a roadmap uh, for free uh, content uh, once the game does come out too. So something to keep in mind on that so uh also something that caught my eye at least was the uh, monolove uh, that was in this direct on there um they work with square enix they're going to release the collection of mana which includes uh, final fantasy adventure secret of mana for the snes and then the third game that's now called uh, trials of mana on there and then on top of all that they are releasing a new version of that third game which is uh the secret of mana that everyone wanted like you know this game never made it over to the u.s and a lot of people thought it was like you know it was like travesty because of the fact that the uh, secret of mana did so well on the snes but uh they are releasing a remake of a sink and Sensu 3 on there which is going to be called trials of mana on there that will be coming out early 2020 it looks a lot better than the secret of mana remake they made a, a year year and a half ago on there i read some impressions on that so i'm definitely interested in the collection and also checking out trials of mana that is not a switch exclusive that will be coming out for ps4 and pc as well on that so um also no more heroes 3 was announced and is switch exclusive so if you like suda 51 and grasshopper manufacturer definitely keep an eye out for that that will be out in 2020 at some point Um, they are bringing witcher 3 to switch it is the entire game on a cartridge. No download required on that. So kudos to them to put the whole entire game on a cartridge and not require any sort of downloads on that. Uh, Contra Road Core looked kind of crappy. I don't know what you guys feel about yeah, the, the Contra that one. Looked, uh... <laughs> I don't know what Konami was smoking, but, uh, you know, <laughs> they should bring back the One Million Troops guy. Maybe they came up with a better game, but... <laughs> Uh, the remake of Panzer Dragoon, I knew, even though I knew that the, that company picked up the license, was an uh, uh, interesting add to the direct on there. I'm definitely I liked it. That was another high point. Be a day me. one for me on there because I'm a Saturn fanboy and um, Panzer Dragoon kind of speaks to me on there. So, uh, But uh, that's pretty much uh, They have a lot of ports. Dauntless is coming out for the system late 2019. There's like a a switch port of Alien Isolation of all the games and new Super Lucky's Tales coming out. Uh, 
Uh, Nino Kune uh, remastered got announced. It'll be coming out September 20th. I'm picking it up on PS4. Um, definitely a fan of that series. So on that, and that pretty much uh, kind of puts the end of the direct. Any of you two gentlemen have anything else to add with Nintendo at all? Nope, not me. Good deal. Yeah. Between uh, them and uh, Square Enix, they saved an otherwise drab E3. Mm. I, in my opinion, I think Nintendo and Square Enix did the best uh, presentations. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, I'm. I want more gameplay. That's the thing. It's like you know all these like you know, between Microsoft, Bethesda, Ubisoft, CG trailers. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, I got some gameplay with the Watch Dogs at Ubisoft's presser, at least. I got an idea how it plays, but yeah. I, you know, for I'm t- I'm taking at face value. There was enough interesting games I'm interested in for the next you know six months to a year that I'm taking a look at. So overall, I think it's not the best E3, but it's definitely not the worst either. So mm. you know, it's not Santa Monica E3 like <laughs> levels or anything like that, or like you know beginning of the generation like you know hot sizzle PS3 reels where nothing but crap gameplay that kind of thing. So so. But uh, any, uh, anything else you gentlemen like to add about E3? I do have some smaller news to kind of cover from the show real quick. So if you don't mind, go through those real quick. That way we can add the double cream and cherry on top for our listeners on that. Yeah, go ahead. All right. One thing that threw me for a loop is Konami did have a, a thing on Twitch that they're going to have a surprise announcement. And they announced a reveal of the TurboGrafx-16 Mini on there. It's also going to be known as the PC Engine Mini in Japan and the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini in Europe on there. So each rendition of the Mini system will have different games on it. Uh, the uh, TurboGrafx-16 Mini is going to include at least, they revealed six games, R-Type, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, Ease Book 1 and 2, Dungeon Explorer, and Alien Crush. The Japanese edition does have games like Superstar Soldier, Bonk's Adventure, and Castlevania Rondo of Blood included on that. So, so Konami says all versions of the system will feature standard functions like quick saves, virtual, virtual simulated CRT scan lines, and the original 4.3 aspect ratio display on there. And you can buy an optional multi-tap to play up to five-player co-op on some of the games on there. So... So kudos to Konami. I've been asking in a way for one of these bad boys. A mini Turbo Graphics is right up my wheelhouse. I don't know how you gentlemen feel about it. I never had a Turbo Graphics, um, and I always I was always interested in the games, but I never had the console. So I think this is going to be a get. I will play it's- it at your first. I will play it at your house like I did the first time you had one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I bought one day and date. I bought that in the Genesis right at the same time. I had a new government job. I was 19 years old. I had money. Guess what? I bought everything I wanted to buy. So, <laughs> so I very much enjoyed the Turbo Graphics. I never, um, I always wanted to get the CD add-on for the Turbo. I eventually got a Turbo Duel later on in the like what 1993 on there but uh i definitely love the system in fact i was importing pc engine mags from japan and i was getting an adapter to play pc engine carts on the turbo on there i still own i have a pc engine duo 
in my closet that I don't use, which is a shame, but I'll definitely be picking one of these bad boys up on there because it has all the games on them, you know, so. And the games on this collection, at least that to start out with, R-Type's awesome, Ninja Spear from IRM is awesome, Dungeon Explorer, I mean, I could go on and on and on. So <laughs> you'll hear me talk about this more when I do pick it up eventually when it does come out. And I hope you could hack it because I want all the games. So <laughs> on there. So also, smaller publishers, uh, Xseed announced Akiba's Trip, Hellbound, and Debriefed. Uh, coming out on and this is a basically a port of a PSP game and this is the first game in the Akiba's trip series actually and this never came out in the US previously so it's going to be coming out on PS4 and PC during the winter on that so so this is the original strip action RPG and it's coming west for the first time on that so so the first Akiba's trip uh, that came out here was Akiba's trip 2 so I'm definitely looking forward to this. I know you enjoyed the second game in the series, right, Kevin? I did. I did. I don't know if I'd be interested in this. This one looks, you know, because it's a, uh, what is it, a PSP, PSP-based uh, remaster. game, remaster. Yeah. It looks a little rough just because of the assets that were used, but I thoroughly enjoyed Akiba Strip 2 on PS4. I, I think I played through two of the scenarios it's just it's just a really fun weird game yeah you play like in the taku and uh akihabara and then you're fighting against vampires on there and by what you have to do is strip their clothes down to you know, basically expose them to the sun so you're sitting there like ripping clothes off folks mm-hmm. so, so it gets it gets quite funny in that way so also, they announced and reiterated that Torchlight 2 is coming out for both PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch on September the 3rd for 19.99. On there, if you're not familiar with Torchlight 2, it's a kind of a classic dungeon crawler on there. One of the developers on the game was actually one of the developers of Diablo 2 on there. So there's a lot of cool aspects to the game. It's definitely more cartoony, definitely a little bit more gameplay involved in regular Diablo. So it's something that, you know, I played on PC, but it's always good to see do some couch co-op or some online playing with, with people out there on console on there. So I'm definitely keeping an eye out for this on there. Uh, have you guys interested in this or maybe see when it does come out? Mm, I'll probably see when it comes out. Same. I really don't have a, have a yeah. say. Another game I've been keeping an eye on that um, had some E3 coverage was the Grandia HD Collection on there. So they did show some gameplay from Grandia 1 on there, and they said that it would be available very soon, but they will not provide a release date or a more specific window. They are not bringing out physical. It's only going to be digital only on the Switch, so they're bringing out both the Grandia 1 and 2 on the Switch on there. So And the code for Grandia is based on the PS PlayStation version on there and they are retouching all the assets that they can on there. Most of the user interface is receiving a complete overhaul on there and that uh, they did have an option to choose some Japanese voices on there. So, And so from the gameplay I saw, everything is um, their remasters of the game. They're using the original PlayStation code of Grandia, but they're working with the Sega Saturn version to craft a definite version of the game on there and so there's some uh, footage out there including game explain has a 10 minute gameplay video from the show out there so 
So definitely something I'm interested in. I don't know if any of you two have any thoughts about Grandia. I just want to throw it out there to you guys just in case. Yeah, I, I have no no uh, history with it, so it's, uh, I doubt I, I'll be picking it up. What game is this again? Grandia. The original yeah. Grandia. Grandia 2, yeah. Uh, maybe. I played, I played it. You know, it was fun. I tried to play the first one, but I couldn't really get into it. But maybe. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love. Uh, I beat the first and second game multiple times, and quite quite a fan of the series. So I'll let you guys know once it does come out how it goes, because I'm gonna be playing that bad boy right away on there. So also, uh, Korean MMO Black Desert Online is coming out for PlayStation Four in North America, Europe, Japan, and South Korea. On their pre-orders are opening at July second, and include full access. Early access to the full game and in-game rewards on there. This game originally came out for PC and then also was ported over to the Xbox One. So I just wanted to throw it aside. Just in case have any of you, anyone out there is interested in that game, I know I <laughs> actually bought it on Xbox One and haven't played it. So I think you bought it too as well, right, uh, Desmond? Yeah, I played it for a minute, but it was too chaotic. <clears throat> and I couldn't really get into it. You think it's worthy to play on PS4 or probably throw a pass on that bad boy? Uh, probably a pass. Gotcha. Okay. And then last but not least, um, I don't know if you caught this or not, Kevin, but uh, XSEED is going to be publishing Grand Blue Fantasy Versus for PS4 on there. This is a fighting game based on a uh, mobile RPG in Japan that has been uh, quite popular in Japan, been out for at least 10 years on there. This is being developed by Arc System Works on there, and it has a 2019 release level the gameplay and the art looks very good on there so i'm keeping an eye on this thing and i'm definitely be picking up uh day one on there it definitely looks uh very pretty and i'm assuming arc system works so hopefully you can come up with a uh, good game plan as far as the um whole fighting style of the game on there mm-hmm. so so yeah uh i've kind of kind of been watching this game it's got uh it's very pretty you know like uh kind of like puts you in the mindset of blaze blue or even uh uh gosh what's the other one with the uh, soul bad guy and uh oh guilty gear guilty gear yeah it kind of has like a, that guilty gear look which you know really top-notch animation bright colors sprites um i'm not 100 percent sure exactly how the the on the combat system I have not really watched enough to to learn because I think it's in. Uh, there are some YouTubers that were playing uh, some type of beta or early access of some sort for this game, and it definitely looks pretty. But uh, uh, I'll I'll kind of I'll kind of keep it in the purview. Oh, me too, for sure. All right, and that's all the news I got for me three. Other my other little sides, so. Sorry to bring the additional. There's just there's some things that kind of caught my eye. I figure we talk about so. No, no, no worries about fine. it. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So I know we've already. You know, this is an epic show. Uh, it's so. meaty. It's meaty. meaty. Very meaty. <laughs> it's a very meaty show. Very much so. Uh, contact. You can you can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail dot com. 
you want to hit us up there if you have any questions, concerns, uh, want to if you'd like to be part of the show, uh, you want to send that email there. Uh, social medias. I can be found on Twitter. I am at Shonuff71, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. Uh, on PSN, I am Shonuff7, same spelling with the number 7. On Xbox, I am Shonuff071, same spelling 071. And Shonuff71 on Steam as well. Uh, Dez, where can the fine folks find you at? Well, you can definitely find me on uh, PSN and Xbox Live when I'm on there at uh, Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Steam sometimes, maybe in the future, probably not, uh, at <laughs> Nemo Tigger as well, N-E-M-O. Oh, sorry, it's Nemo Cub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. Um, you can find me on um, uh, Twitter at the Nemo 6 that's T-H-E-N-E-M-O, and I spelled out six, S-I-X. Um, there was another person that had the number six, so it's the Nemo six all spelled out. Um, yeah, so definitely shoot me um, a text, or sorry, text, shoot me a tweet, um, and we're definitely um, always always up for conversation. But the one person that you really should follow, because he's always up there, is, um, is Trader Joe. Uh, Trader Joe, what's your contact information? Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Joe Fongul, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. Uh, on PSN, on Steam, and also on Nintendo Network, I could be found under the username Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. And on, on Xbox, hanging out with my Games Pass, I am under the username Mr. Fongul, capital M-R, capital F-O-N-G-U-L. On that, so. yeah. Also, everybody out there listening, um, if you ever want to contact us, please send us an email. Uh, send us personal through um, through Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts. If you, uh, like Kevin had said earlier, if you want to be a guest on the show, please contact us. We love talking to folks, and we love you know putting these shows out for for all of you. You know, we do it you know to get our opinions across. We also care about what your opinions are. As well, so please, please, you know, shoot us an email. Let us know what you thought of E3. You know, were we were we right on the mark or were we completely off base? So please, you know, give us a feedback. Let us know. Absolutely, absolutely. So where they can find us? Oh yeah, you started off at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just make sure let's put it out there and no one can contact us. That's kind of yeah. Who? Where? What? And, you know, we did recently register the URL for GamingVessels.com, so we're going to be working on getting some content up there, including some information about the show and so on and so forth. So, Yeah, yeah. So we've got some things, some things on the back burner for Gaming Vessels. And, folks, again, we had a nice, meaty show, but it's E3. It is the uh, most wonderful time of the year if you're a gamer. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us. So until next time, I am Shonuff71. He's Des the Bay Area Terror. And that is Trader Joe the Food Max of Gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar. And we will be back next time. Peace.